0: Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. Michael Ball,
1: Sean Kleisinger. It's a hot and steamy Monday. It reminds me of Winnipeg. This is the weather the Riders played in when they uh, took on the Blue Bombers in the preseason finale in Winnipeg. And the Rough Riders, for the first time since 2007, finished the preseason at 2-0. My sidekick, best producer in the business. He's so good he can do interviews when I can't. Like, for instance, he caught up with Jeremy O'Day before he caught up with the rest of the media. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes' time. Sean Kleisinger joining me. Sean, um, uh, what's the up? Bomber fans, I, so I posted on Twitter, hey, it's the first time I've called a win for the Riders over the Blue Bombers, how sweet it is, even though it's the preseason or something like that. Oh, are you yeah. planning the parade already? Yeah, You're planning like the that. parade? I'm like, dude get some help I just said I'm happy we beat the. I don't care we beat the Bombers it felt good
2: it felt good they can't handle being losers again that's all Yeah, losers they
1: were were losers for how long yeah 29 years 29 years they (laughs) have a three year run and all (laughs) of a sudden they're the greatest team in the world losers I tell you losers uh hey, it's the preseason. We're not doing jumping jacks, but we're pretty happy. We saw some encouraging things. Riders got rid of, uh, you know, they trimmed their roster down, trimmed the fat, so to speak. They still got some moves to make. I think they still got 54 players on the roster. So they're gonna, you know, they just signed that Colin Kelly who will go on the suspended list. They've got two punters, although I am have a sneaking suspicion that Vedvik will probably go to the injured list because he had a minor quad pull. I don't know that for a fact. They've got four quarterbacks. They saved no running backs. They even got uh, let go of veteran Keenan LaFrance he's probably the biggest name to be let go he's ended up with the BC Lions do you have like how do you feel about that what, what you saw with the cuts and transactions
2: I was surprised that at least not one in, uh, one running back was kept on the practice roster and all roster. the quarterbacks so, all the quarterbacks make it and uh I thought Corbin, the third receiver, I thought was going to be on the practice squad, but Kendall Watson and Lipscomb are the two that made it instead. So not not too much of a surprise. I think the biggest surprise out of everything was... Four quarterbacks—you just never see that in and, any league.
1: And Stephen Banks, who was the free agent signing, got released. But that's because Brian we saw Cox Junior. had that a great Grumman, camp. Though, yeah, like, we did. Banks wasn't doing anything right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, after a rider game is played—preseason, regular season, or postseason—the day after. So if it's on a Thursday, we'll do it on a Friday. If it's on a Friday or a Saturday or Sunday, the sports cage following a rider game, we call it Rider Rewind to kick off the show, where we go back in time audio form Trevor Harris first offensive series as a rider quarterback throwing a fade route down the right side it's caught Darrell Walker with a fingertip catch inside the five at the three here's Harris takes the shotgun snap back pedals three steps steps up in the pocket throws open for the touchdown Saskatchewan. Darrell Walker and the Rough Riders draw first blood. It's kicked wide from Lothar out of the hole of Korzak. 45-yard line on the right hash. Here's the hole. Here's the kick by Lothar. It's up and it is wide. Pushed it wide to the right and Cole's going to bring it out. Angling to his right at the 5. He's at the 10. He's at the 15. The 20. 25. 30. 35. 40. 45. 50. Oh, and he got tripped up by Brett Lothar or he was gone. Beating the play clock looking to the end zone thrown to the right corner it's caught touchdown saskatchewan and that was kalijah lipscomb with the touchdown for your rough Riders. brown takes a shotgun snap backpedals two steps here comes the rush steps up goes down in the quarterback sack Brian Cox Jr. was there and others. Brown under pressure, and he goes down. Great job by Roscoe to get the second quarterback sack for the Riders in the backfield to his left. Lifts his right foot, takes his shotgun snap. He's going to hurl it down the right side for Tevin Jones. He's made the catch near the Bombers bench. Low snap. He puts it on the tee. Lother's low kick towards the goal post is good. Brett. Lothar atones for three earlier, misses two extra points. Duncan snaps it back. There's a pass to the left side, and it's a great catch over there for the touchdown for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That would be Amari Jones, a fade route to the left side of the end zone. Two, there's the hold by Korzak. Lothar sends a high-looping kick in the air through the yellow uprights, and good. They hand it off to him straight up the middle. He'll run in Pass Nick Daly for the Blue Bombers. Touchdown. They got their Second touchdown. Steve low snap. Dolagala reaches down. He throws over the middle. What a catch by Isaiah McCoy. And he took a shot there from Kelly, 29, who came up and tattooed him behind that. He's the quarterback, Patterson. He keeps dives to the end zone. And it's a touchdown. Saskatchewan for the former Michigan Wolverine, Shea Patterson. And that will do it for the football game. The Saskatchewan Roughriders finish the 2023 preseason with a 28-16 victory over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here at IG Field in Winnipeg. Couple of uh, things. Love the fact that the Riders cut down on penalties. They had seven for eighty eight against BC. They had a couple in the game, but not many uh that I can recall. So that's some good news there. That's uh, that's gotta be a theme this year. They can't hurt themselves, right? When you're probably a middle of the pack team, which is what I think the Riders will be nine and nine, maybe ten and eight if they're lucky. That's usually, that's,
2: that's pretty impressive having not too many penalties in a preseason. Yeah. Like that's, pretty, that's,
1: that's good. pretty good. That's good. Minty. They also only gave up one quarterback sack in the preseason. Now, I get it. It's our starters against mostly their backups last week, and then before that, it was backups versus backups against the Lions, but still uh, only one quarterback sack. For a team that surrendered 77 last year, I think early on, you have to like what O'Day has done, and and some fans still aren't pleased. Why? They add this Kelly guy. Why that must speak to how bad they are on the O line. They can't even get any O linemen yet. Like, what's going on? Listen, I like the fact We used to
2: get mad because we never added O line. Anybody. And, and now, now we're, we're adding getting mad because we add O line, huh?
1: I wonder if That's the Riders. What, what do you think the Riders? <laughs> do you think the Riders? We'll look at adding a Noah Zur who was released by the uh, BC Lions. He's a local guy. I might look, kick Sign the tires him on him up! A, I might kick the tires on that. Remember uh, the, the, the scene in Dumb and Dumber? Mm-hmm. Pick him up! I would. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. We should give him a look. Uh, Trevor Harris looked great, didn't he?
2: Oh, he was on. A, and I was. I was kind of disappointed that we didn't see more of him. Yeah, but, he was. Hey. Kind,
1: I sat with him on the bus ride from the from the stadium to the airport, and he uh, he got into a a kind argument because that's how he is, and that's how Coach Dickey is. They argued, and Dickey said, "Listen, I'll tell you what." I'll let you play four quarters next week. <laughs> they lie.
2: They well, lie. apparently he crossed off all the check. Dickie had a checklist yep. for him, yep. and apparently in that one drive he mm-hmm. checked them all off. Who's as... the most intriguing <laughs> rider
1: to you right now? Early on, I think it could be D. Walker. Darrell Walker is looking in sync with Trevor Harris,
2: but just by going by the preseason, yeah, it would have to be Darrell Walker on offense cool. and on, on defense. I'm really, I'm really excited about Brian Cox. Yeah, Jr. me too. Me that, too. That's my, that's the one guy on defense. I'm. In. Yeah. I want to see him out there. I want to see Anthony Lanier in the defensive tackle. I want to see Pete Robert. I want them all on the field well, right at the now, same time. Right
1: now, as it sits though, I don't know. We didn't see much of Micah Johnson in training camp. So I don't know what his status is. So you may see Anthony Lanier, the second on the end. And as Trevor Harris told me, cause I talked to him about that. He's like, no, this guy's going to be a problem on the end. So if Christmas and miles Brown can do what they did in that preseason game and towards the end of last year, when Christmas finally started to get it a bit that, that could be something for this team defensively. And then how are they going to fill in for Derek Moncrief? Because he won't play week one. There's no mm. way he's playing week one. So that'll be interesting. They had a couple of surprising cuts there. Like, I thought Colby harvell Peel out of Oklahoma State yeah, might have our stuck game star. He might have stuck around. And then um, also uh, Leon O'Neill Jr. they let go, too. And they let go every running back, which was kind of interesting.
2: I thought, I thought Emmons was going to be on the practice squad. That, that, yeah. was, that was my prediction. Yeah. But no.
1: And Gone. Bertrand Houdon. Was real good, uh, both running and blocking in camp and the preseason. Albert Awachi's great, and Bruno Labelle's a guy they have interest in as a tight end, H-back type guy. So I could see why Keenan LaFrance moved on. I'm happy. I like Keenan. He's a good guy. I'm no, glad he caught just on went a bit younger. the BC lines they Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break, and the first media outlet you'll hear from... The, co, or the uh, GM Jeremy O'Day is right here as Arshan Kleisinger caught up with him right before he had his media availability, which is ongoing right now. This is the Sports Cage on your voice of Rough Riders football, your voice of the CFL, and your voice of Saskatchewan, 620
0: CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
1: You want rider information, you go to the voice of the rider, 620 CKRM. Sean Kleisinger had to step in for me because I had a few moving parts today behind the scenes. So Sean, right now uh, the general manager and vice president of football operations, Jeremy O'Day, is in the media room at Mosaic Stadium talking about uh, how they came up to the uh, come up with their decisions for the roster. But our own Sean Kleisinger stepped in the chair for me to tape an interview with Jeremy beforehand. So here we go. All right. Thanks, Ballsy. Pleased to be joined by Rough Riders
2: General Manager Jeremy O'Day on the Western Pizza Hotline. And well, uh, you must be excited. Hey, Jeremy, finally game week here for real. Regular season is upon us.
3: Yeah. You know, anytime you get through the preseason, you're always you're always excited to get out of training camp and and get get rolling with the games that count. And um, certainly that is the case with us. We're we're excited to to get to the games where they really count.
2: Yeah, a lot of tough decisions, hard work, obviously, to get to this point. I just can't imagine what it's like being in your shoes this time of year. And I know Ryder fans would love to hear about some of the decisions made when it comes to the roster. I'll start with the quarterbacks. It was one of the closest battles during training camp, and, well, you have kept all four guys as a result. So what's the plan going forward for those guys and for the quarterback
3: depth? Yeah, just um, you know, I think it became I guess the the clearest part of it became c- c- clear that they they all played well in the preseason. So, um, usually when you go into the the preseason when you have those those kind of battles for positions, um, you know, someone kind of just kind of steps out front um and kind of takes the lead out of that in, in this case, you know all three of the guys just played really well when they got the opportunity to play so um it muddied, muddied the waters a little bit for us, which is fine it's a It's a good problem to have. Um, and, uh, basically, uh, we wanted, after having discussions with the coaching staff and the personnel staff, we, we determined that we were going to try to keep all four of them. So, um, right now that's where we're at with the four of those guys, as far as where they shake down on game day, that will be up to, uh to coach Dickey and and Kelly and um you know they'll they'll try to put the the best guys out there that give us the best chance to win.
2: Yeah, so within those discussions, you know assembling the roster and such, was there a clear-cut number 2 quarterback that came out on top of the quarterback competition in training camp?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say that it became clear by any means. I think there's um when you look at how they did statistically in the mm-hmm. in the preseason, they were there was pretty uh pretty even for what they did like i said they all got an opportunity to go in there and they moved the offense they um got the guys in and out of the huddle and and uh were productive on offense so um i wouldn't say that it became any clearer uh with those conversations but it's uh, like i said it's a nice problem to have and um you know whoever, whoever we decide that's going to be uh the number two and three going into the first week um i think we'll be in a good situation
2: question here about the running backs keenan lafrance bj emmons uh, Rodney Smith, Javian Hawkins. I think I got them all, all released. A lot of fans who were predicting the roster might have had at least one of those guys on the roster, if not the practice roster. Was this a case of, you know, you just didn't see enough from those guys to keep them in the building or does it just speak to the confidence you have in Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson?
3: Um well you, you can't you you can't go into a um you know a, a game with having three three running backs on the roster. I think even two is is not a normal thing when you have two Americans on the roster. So um with that being said, we we did um you know we did have some tough discussions at the running back position but but ultimately, we feel like we've got two really good american running backs that that were really good for us last year. I think they were um you know productive when they stayed healthy and obviously they need to do that and as as far as um the other guys that that were in training camp, they all did well as uh, they did great as well so it was a it was a tough tough position obviously we were pretty deep at those positions i think that um you know, all three of those guys are capable of playing in our league. And, um, but right now we feel comfortable with, with just having the two, um, and how they kind of, uh, spaced themselves out from the rest of the group. But, um, again, we feel really good with the other guys as well. Um, and maybe there's an opportunity down the road to bring somebody back.
2: And maybe if you can, Jeremy, just expand on releasing veteran Keenan LaFrance.
3: Yeah. So last year we carried three, three Canadian fullbacks and, and Keenan on the roster. And, um, with the the makeup of our roster this year and the number of Canadians that we have on our roster, um, we decided that we're, we're not going to go with, with four fullbacks and, and, um, four fullback slash running backs, uh, for the Canadian position. So, um, really the discussion there, um, was, um, you know, how we felt about our draft pick, uh, Thomas Burdown, who, who had a really good training camp for us. and, And ultimately we just decided to go, uh, A little bit younger at that position and uh we're only uh keeping three instead of four this year so um very tough decision uh keenan's been such a a great uh teammate great player for us uh for a number of years so those are those are tough ones to tough conversations to have and and tough situations to be in but um you know we're happy that our that our draft pick did well, well enough in the camp for us to make that tough decision yeah
2: Rough Riders General Manager Jeremy O'Day on the Western Pizza Hotline. And it's not every training camp we are treated to a punting battle. But hey, in 2023, we had one that really heated up in Winnipeg. Adam Korzak he launched a few cannons in Vedvik's absence. Did Korzak make the roster based on his performance? Or did he just make the roster because of Vedvik's status might
3: be a little up in the air right now for week one? Um, well, Corey actually had a, had a little bit of a slight uh, quad injury going into the game for Winnipeg. That's why he actually didn't didn't end up traveling with us. So Corsack uh, got the opportunity to punt in the game. I guess fortunately, but unfortunately, um, I think we only punted twice in the game, and on those two punts, he did a nice job for us. So um, it, yeah, that's still de- to 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 be determined on how that's going to shake out moving forward. But we feel like we have two two guys that are very capable of playing well in the position.
2: Do you think this is a long-term thing with Corey
3: Vedvik? Uh no, we don't. Okay. Uh
2: how do you think uh Sean Bain Jr. did in training camp?
3: I thought he had a good camp. Um all those guys, the the three free agent receivers that we brought in um played played well enough to uh to to stick around and obviously um they're they're going to be on the roster week 1, but um you know we felt like Sean had a good camp. He he brings a different element uh to the receiving core and uh, super fast, and uh, like everyone on on the roster or or in training camp, everyone has some things that they can work on. But overall, I thought Sean did have a nice camp.
2: Do you think there's a player on that receiving core that you maybe feel separated themselves in camp as you know the leader of the pack, if you will?
3: Um. Well, I mean, there's there's two 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 of the guys that you're talking about have been all stars in our league, and Sean's an up and comer coming receiver that uh, we think has a lot of upside. So I I don't know if exactly what you're asking. I think that um, you know, in uh, of the group, there's there's some really good receivers out there, and um, they just need to go out and play. And because we've changed the whole receiving core, I know there's a natural tendency for everyone to think, well, who's the leader of the group? But the fact, you know, the fact is there's, there's some guys that have played at a very high level that are, that are capable of, of being very good players. So, um, I hope they, they all do well and we'll just, we'll see how that goes as the year goes on.
2: Yeah. I guess I was just referring to, you know, in the past Shaq Evans, Duke Williams, they were looked at as the quote unquote, you know, leaders, veterans in the league, kind of wondering if any of the new guys have kind of filled that void.
3: Um, well again i think you know jake Wieneke's played at a high level he's been an all-star in our league Drell walker uh has has been a i think a three or four time all-star in our mm-hmm. league so i i would say that those guys have have done what we've asked them to do in camp and they've they've had a good training camp and um every time they've had an opportunity to make the plays they made the plays so yeah. um again we 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 can't really uh, you know, I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you exactly which guy is going to have a great year, but we'll, we uh, we feel highly about all, all the receivers that we brought in and and we hope they have great years.
2: And hey, on the defensive side of the ball, Deontay Williams, defensive back, he had a great camp, placed on the practice roster. You know, if this was any other team, I think he would have made the roster. Just speaks to your depth at that position. Do
3: you feel the same way? This guy was balling. Um, You know, I, I wouldn't go on to Predicting where a guy mm-hmm. uh, in our camp would would be a starter on another team, I, I think that's maybe a little disrespectful for the other other teams not knowing uh, who their players are. But I think that um, you know, for for our training camp, he definitely had a a very good training camp, and and that's the reason why we we wanted to keep him. And I think he has a lot of upside, and and. Uh, obviously played really well in the, in the preseason game. And, um, and to answer your question, yeah, we feel good about the the returning starters that back, we, that are back. We feel like that they had good training camps. Um, um, but we feel like, um, Williams can play multiple positions and, and has an opportunity to be a good player in our league. So, uh, with him, he's just, it's just like a lot of guys in the practice roster. They're just waiting for an opportunity. Um, we're happy that he stayed with us and, and, uh, you know I guess he's it's he's in a situation where he's just waiting for that opportunity to get on the roster.
2: Was there any intrigue at all to keep Williams on the main roster when you guys were going through things at the end there?
3: um you're always going to have discussions on on where the guys fit and yeah. you know when we when we go into our our personnel meeting at the end with all the coaches and and uh positional coaches the head coach personnel guys. Um, basically we, we ask them who the starters are and who they see starting, and then we have conversations based off of that. So he's right there. He's very close to being on the roster. Again, yeah. it's just a matter of how we how we uh, set up the roster with our
2: DIs going into week one. And last one, Jeremy, a timetable for Derek Amoncrief. Do you have one yet for his return?
3: Uh, nope. Derek still, uh, Derek still is... Uh, finishing up some tests, he's getting getting closer. We, we should have some more information in the next uh, one to two days on on his status as far as how, how his tests are going. He's He's been uh, rehabbing the whole offseason and doing a great job and, and continues to improve. It's just a, a matter of him getting to a point where he's able to go out and start practicing.
2: Riders General Manager Jeremy O'Day, hey, thank you so much
1: for your time today, Jeremy. Cannot wait for Sunday.
3: For sure, yeah, appreciate the call.
1: That's Jeremy O'Day. He's meeting with the media right now, but our Sean Kleisinger with a top-shelf interview of uh, with the Riders, Vice President of Football Operations and General Manager. We'll get to some of your texts uh, at 936-6262. And uh, we will uh, chat soon here on the other side of the 330 News and our Coach of the Week. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Alright, 332
2: with the sports ticker. The Regina Red Sox back at it tonight at home against the Swift Current 57s. Now the Red Sox struggling just a bit to start the year. They are 3 and 5. Swift Current, on the other hand, well, they are struggling even more. Two and six on the young season. So something needs to give tonight. It's a 7.05 p.m. opening pitch from Curry Field. Also, tonight, game two of the Stanley Cup final, the Florida Panthers and Vegas taking on the Golden Knights. Vegas, of course, with that one-to-nothing series lead.
0: Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage highlights a coach making a difference both on and off the playing surface. This is the Coach of the Week
1: well normally in this time slot we recognize a coach of the week but i wanted to congratulate athlete hannah gates from sheldon williams collegiate for winning the intermediate girls aggregate and to laballe cole for capturing the 2a team championships at the provincial track and field event huge shout out as well to the regina district for placing a strong second in the overall district points The SHSAA will be posting its results to its website as soon as they are all finalized. Congratulations to all athletes and coaches. The strong showing from Regina at the Provincial Track and Field Championships.
0: Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Michael Ball, Sean Kleisinger
1: 936-6262 is our text line powered by the Capital One Group. Hey. Text us. Let us know what you think of the Rough Riders season. How do you think it's going to go? A lot of sports books have the Rough Riders at Seven, seven and a half wins. Terry Jones, the uh, longtime uh, columnist who covered the uh, Eskimos slash Elks and Edmonton Oilers, he did his CFL predictions. I got on his Twitter chain. I like Terry. Terry's a good guy. That name's familiar. Yeah, he had the Riders at six and 12. I I scoffed. Uh, He had Edmonton at seven wins. I said six wins for the Riders. I said, the Riders are way better at quarterback. They've improved their old line depth. How do you have them at 6 wins? No. They're they're at least going to be two wins better just based on the quarterback. And I've been around this team at training camp and on the bus and everything. I feel like this football team is a 9 and 9 team. Could be a 10 and 8 football team. Second
2: best quarterback in the division mm. and you know any given week he could be the best quarterback mm-hmm. in the division. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see where six wins comes mm-hmm.
1: from. I don't either. We'll get to the preseason rankings in a minute Oofy. after what we've seen through cuts and everything like that. Um Former Rough Rider quarterback who nearly changed the course of NFL history has passed away at the age of 79. Jesse Kay served as the Riders' backup quarterback behind a Hall of Famer, Ron Lancaster, in 1967, losing the 55th Gray Cup as a rookie. Saw action in five games, had 77 yards passing in two INTs, but he earned a folklore status in football circles due to his actions in the Jets' Midwest area scout the 2000 draft. The Green Bay native distinguished himself by placing a high grade on a guy by the name of Tom Brady out of the University of Michigan. The Jets did draft Chad Pennington with the 18th overall pick in that year's draft, but Kay was pounding the table for the team to double down and select Brady on day two. Uh, then-director of football operations Bill Parcells has publicly disputed that story. Multiple people, though, in the Jets' war room have confirmed that Kay was pounding the table. So former rough rider and scout is the guy that said Tom Brady should be the guy. Of course, nobody's going to admit that they didn't want Tom Brady, Never even though that even though Bill Belichick kind of fell into that one. Here's an interesting twist. Speaking of the CFL, the Lions have traded <laughs> Canadian defensive lineman Jonathan Kongbo to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for a conditional 2024 CFL draft pick. Per sources, the six foot five, two hundred and sixty six pound pass rusher signed with the Leos following a one year stint with the Denver Broncos. Now here's where it gets interesting because our buddy Farhan Lalji, who's always on with us, a regular contributor here on the. Sport, Sports cage. He tweeted, I'm told Kongbo was not a fit in the room and it was important for the BC Lions to get back to the chemistry they had before the trade. This deal eliminates what was going to... This deal eliminates what was going back to the Ticats in the Dane Evans deal, a fourth-round pick that escalates to a third. Kongbo retweeted the Farhan tweet with this, quote, Not a fit? Because I called out star players not showing up for practice and guys not wanting to work out? Culture matters. It's called pro football for a reason. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. interesting. Stir the pot, baby. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, You had uh, Jeremy O'Day on a few minutes ago. If you missed that, we'll play it later in the show and then later in our podcast. Um, Keenan LaFrance, probably the biggest name let go by the Riders. He has signed on with the BC Lions. No surprise. To the end. To the NHL, Florida, Vegas, uh, Florida lost for the first time on the road in the playoffs. They're now eight and one. They're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, up one game to none. Vegas cheaters. They were ten point three million over the salary cap in the playoffs oh, I here. Hate so that. I how's that even up? Oh. Well, I'm telling you,
2: I tell you, who was it a couple years ago that was uh, Tampa, Tampa? Tampa with when Kucherov. They won, they won the
1: cup. Yeah, with Kucherov. With Kucherov. So yeah, absolutely. And. um uh some, oh, Kelly McCrimmon's the smartest. Well, he, I don't know if he's the smartest. He, Why, because he cheats? He cheats the best, maybe. Oh, no, he's smart, I guess. Anyway, he cheats. $1.2 billion deal to replace Calgary's aging Saddledome with a new NHL arena would come with a 35-year lease that includes a commitment from the owners of the Flames to stay in the city, so says a city official. Cole Caulfield assigned an eight-year, $62 million extension with Montreal. How about uh, Bedard? He took everything. Yeah, the Memorial Cup. I think he won what, three awards? Yeah. Uh, first time ever. Top prospect, uh, player of the year. And I forget what the other one was, but it's the first time it's ever happened in CHL history. Congratulations to Connor Bedard.
2: Hey, the Anaheim Ducks have hired a new coach. Yeah.
1: Uh, a, a long-time NHL assistant and AHL head coach Greg Cronin to be named their new head coach. Ducks GM Pat Verbeek announced the decision on Monday to hire the 60-year-old. It's a first-time head coaching job for him. Mike Babcock from mm-hmm. Saskatchewan expected to be hired by the Blue Jackets as their head coach once his deal with the Leafs expires at the end of the month. He's on the Leafs payroll until oh, June 30th, paid, yeah. and then they'll uh, hire him. So that's I think that's a good that's a good signing there. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I think we I'm realized that fair. it was wasn't Mike Babcock's fault what went on in Toronto yeah no. right um, speaking of Toronto yeah how about the Blue Jays? Oh, they swept the Mets. How about that beautiful series on the weekend?
2: And Alec Manoa, he's on the hill tonight. Is he going to turn things around? Well, that's Probably so. not. The
1: Houston Astros are in town. Man, do my Padres stink. Like, they win one game, lose oh, one game. Did win you one see
2: game. Uh, Juan Soto? What? The question that he was asked after the game yesterday, they they lost to uh, the Cubs. 7-1. Right? Yeah, they lost to the Cubs. He was asked basically, like, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you guys in such a funk And he was like, I don't know. I'm basically not the guy you should be asking that. You should ask the guys at the bottom of the order. That's, in a nutshell, what he said to the reporter. Is that what he said? Yeah. Maybe we can play it later on the show if I find it.
1: Wow. Yeah. trouble in my team's paradise there. Yeah. Uh, they the spend, chemi- chemistry. Chemistry spend more than whopper. the GDP of Ethiopia and they can't win. They're like five games below 500. Believe me. Uh, well, he, I have it here. Actually. Okay, do it. Can you play it? Yeah, let's see here. Let's see. All right. This guy's got one more year left on his contract and then he's like a free agent. All right, here we go. And that's been the thing. Great game and then a not so good one. Great game and not so good one offensively. Oh. Obviously, you guys can do it, but you're not doing it on a regular basis. Any
4: ideas? Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm the guy who responds to the question. I think we have uh, those guys down there. They know better than me. I don't know. I really don't know what is going on. Uh, We have
2: such a great team. Uh, But I don't know. it is, uh, you just, guys down there, he says so. so does he mean right? the bottom of the uh, order, or did
1: or did he mean like the the man? Maybe he was looking the he manager. He pointed. He, meant, he pointed to somebody yeah, else. Probably the manager. Probably AJ Preller. Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin was an unbelievable. I just watched Moneyball again, dude. Oh, that's a good. And Art Howe hmm. was the manager during the Moneyball years, but then Bob Melvin came over there and he was winning a hundred games with nobody in Oakland. Okay, now he gets everything given to him. He did get to the playoffs. Last last Year and got to the NLCS without a T- uh, Tatis Jr. So he did a great job. I don't think he's a terrible manager, but they just can't get out of their own way this year.
2: Well, maybe, maybe that little clip that we just played from Juan Soto is uh, maybe a little of what's going on with the Padres. Maybe there's something going on with the locker room. I, hey, think, I think that's it. Hey, how about the people uh, don't like each
1: other? How about the Heat beat the Nuggets 111 108 series tied at one apiece? That you expected that you thought the Heat are going to win that thing. Yeah, I, I think it's going to go seven. Jimmy Butler's uh, stepped up. He had 21 points yesterday. Uh, I still think the Nuggets will win, but uh, that's definitely an interesting series, although I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and say I watched it. I didn't watch one second.
2: Jokic and Jamal Murray remind me of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. Yeah. They do. Good point.
1: Uh, Quebec Rampart and the... uh, Patrick Wollett, Quebec Remparts beat Seattle 5 nothing. The the WHL has not won a championship. One championship in the last... This would be the 16th year. 2008, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, yeah, Spokane,
2: 13, 14, 15, 08, now, Edmonton and, and 2014. 15, and that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I asked Craig Button about what was going on with that on Friday, and he basically just... He says it's just the luck of of a sprint type of tournament, I guess. Well, and it's
1: harder to win the WHL. There's more travel. There's more everything, right? It's harder. It's harder to get into the playoffs in the East, for instance.
2: Quebec, yesterday's game was their first competitive game that they played since... The prior Monday, since one week ago today. Yeah. That's almost the full week. Yeah. Because that game against Peterborough, they already had the Sunday mailed, final line. They, they
1: mailed it in, yeah. So, yeah. Huh. Um, and this is interesting. The NFL and its teams have not done a great job of educating players about the clear rules and stern consequences of the gambling policy, or the players know and really, quite frankly, don't give a crap. The NFL is investigating a Colts player for, quote, pervasive wagering. Per a report, the NFL has evidence that the player in question, a Colts player, placed hundreds of bets and that at least some of them were placed on his team the Colts. A considerable number of wagers reportedly were placed from inside the team's practice facility. Now, it seems to be a bigger story that he's a Colts player and he placed bets on his own team as opposed to where the bets were placed. Am I wrong or am I right? Like, <laughs> Who gives a crap where he bet it from? He's betting on his own team. So that's a big problem. And um, any coach or player zinger that says, I, I did all we could gamble uh, is flat out lying. How could they not know that anyone around the game who said that was it that. No, I'm just saying that if players say oh I no. didn't. I, well, you
2: got to be pretty stupid at this point to, to think that you can gamble. Yeah. When you're on a professional. Nobody should team. be able How to. How many more instances no. does, does there need to be? Huh? Nobody
1: should be able to gamble. Nobody should be able to gamble if you're involved with that football team or a hockey team or a, you know what I mean? And why is this... The past couple of years, this has been a thing.
2: Like, how, how come all of a sudden this is, you know, coming out in the news? This has probably been happening for years. It
1: is, but it's come to light now because of all the... All the, the gambling. The gambling I I know, and, the, and all the, the things they can do now. Yeah. Like, but what... Don't you think... Don't you think... I don't give a crap. Don't you think... Okay, so... um. So, you're a defensive back, okay? Yeah. And you're covering me, and I'm the best receiver in the league. Or, or not even that. I'm the third, third receiver on the Chargers, then I'm the slot receiver, and you're gonna be covering me, okay? And you're on the Chiefs. Do you not tell your buddies, hey, uh, pick this guy in fantasy because he 's going to you know and, and we can split the profits like come on no yeah. I mean they wouldn 't go that far because you don 't want to you don 't want to get like your job in the NFL is more important than fantasy, I well, get I, it, I, but I, you can 't me right. you can 't tell me there isn 't that type of stuff going on i don 't know You'd never know crazy it's absolutely Uh. crazy when we come back we're gonna get to the cfl rankings we know what happened in the preseason we know what happened Edmonton's gonna be dead last with with with, uh (laughs) with all the moves after the cuts a what are your thoughts on your team how do you think the rough riders will do can give us a win total. How do you think they're going to do? 936-6262 is the number to text. That's also the number to call locally or one 767 Let's go! Let's get things fired up. Riders and the Edmonton Elk coming up on Sunday. This is going to be the biggest season opening game in a decade for both teams. Like, think about that. We'll tee that up next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
0: Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio six twenty CKRM. We got a caller on hold. We'll get to that in a second. Got
1: Eli texting, in. hopefully they get rid of that Evan Johnson. He was like a sieve trying to protect Cody last year. Listen, Eli, uh, I respect. Your opinion in terms of the fact you give us an opinion, I, I, I appreciate the text at nine three six sixty two sixty two, and you probably paid money to go to games, bought jerseys, but uh, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant when I'm going to critique guys, especially as offensive linemen. A lot of times, when a guy is there and he's got no help, like for instance, Evan Johnson at right ta- right guard. To his right was Natai Rogers, who did not have a great season. And then they tried to get Jamal Campbell in there, tried a couple of the Cooper Richardson, and he he was overcompensating. There were times Evan Johnson looked like a world beater last year. We... Had him as our game star one game. I remember I've only picked a lineman twice as an offensive game star. The one time, member in Hamilton when Brandon Labat blew his like looked like he blew his knee out, came back and dominated mm-hmm. on the O line, and then that time with Evan Johnson. So I'm looking for a bounce back year from Evan Johnson. Doesn't help that he had a goofball at quarterback running around like yeah. you
2: know first reads not there. It's time to run around like yeah. a yeah. you know. And you know what you saw. For, and you helps. know what you
1: saw from Trevor Harris in that game. That that only drive he had. And it's funny. I was sitting with Harris driving on the bus after the game. And he had it on his phone. His mom sent him the clip. So I said, hey, can you take me through this? He goes, okay, watch this. Because remember how he said, I always uh, listen to my feet, right? You can't. If I double hitch, like I'm not going to double hitch. One hitch is not there, then I got to move on. Mm-hmm. He goes, on this touchdown pass, look at this. He goes, he looked to the right. He looked to the, he went, boom, boom, boom. To, so he went to three looks right away like in in a matter of that he went to three looks got it to yeah. Darrell Walker. That's the sign he's, of a good quarterback. He's going to get you... the ball out. He's going to complete the, Now the question I can't answer is why is he bounced around so much? But if Matt, Matt, Matt Dunnigan Matt did. There's uh, Damon a lot of. Allen. Like, that's just Henry part of the Burris. league. It is part of the league. I'm confident in Trevor Harris, and I think we've got ourselves a good leader there. All right. Uh, one other question I got for you before we get to Dan. Actually, let's get to Dan first. He's been waiting. Dan's on the phone on Western Pizza Hotline. Dan, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, Dan. What's up? I just
5: wanted to talk about the Riders um, yep. the preseason games. I yep. thought they looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, kn- I know you were talking that they were dropping a lot of balls at training camp and stuff, and uh, I thought they made some really good catches So that come around. Hopefully, it stays around.
1: Yeah, you know and, what? Th- that's a good point. Uh, Sean Bain Jr., for instance, he dropped a couple of ones he should have caught in camp. And listen, you're not going to catch everyone, but I was underwhelmed. But in his brief time on the field against Winnipeg, he made that nice uh, low catch off the carpet yep. on Harris's first drive there.
5: Yeah, there was uh, yeah that one, and there was there were several others that uh, I thought were pretty good. And and um, as far as quarterback goes, I think we're we're laughing. I that uh, our, our guy he reminds me of Ricky Ray a bit. He doesn't fool around. I don't think the offensive line is going to have to work near as hard because he's going to get rid of the ball in three, four, or five seconds. So. I think that'll help us
1: a lot. Yeah, for sure. I think he's, gonna, uh, he's going to uh, pick apart what the defense has. At least you're not going to be able to uh, show him something that he hasn't seen on too many occasions. And you're right, Ricky Ray would be a good comparison because he broke into the league uh, learning from Ricky Ray and Scott Milanovic, two great guys. So absolutely, yeah. man. Hey, uh, Dan, what do you got for a win total for the Riders this year? I have them about 9-9. Nine and nine. I think that's realistic.
5: Um... I'm thinking a little better. Okay, you know, maybe ten, maybe eleven. They're okay, well, and, yeah. you know, depending on everything else, but uh, injuries and that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think they'll do all right.
1: Dan, do you have season tickets, or do you just uh, go to the odd game, or, or how does, how do you consume um, Rough Rider football? Yeah. yeah, the odd game. Good man. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you uh, calling us, and uh, make sure you're listening this Sunday when we're in Edmonton. We appreciate you following us. Yeah, you bet. No problem, Balsy. Take care, man. That's Dan calling in. Hey, Zinger, I got a question for you. So I'm in Saskatoon for three weeks. Um, maybe I'm wrong. M- maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Here we go. I-, I could be wrong. <laughs> in North Regina, do we have a, re- we have a th- refinery, don't we?
6: hmm
1: So why do we pay five cents more a liter than the Saskatoonian drivers? I-, I don't understand that. Once again, we have a refinery, right? Why is Weyburn paying 12 cents cheaper than us? What, wait wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a refinery, right? Why, when I went to Winnipeg, are they paying a cent cheaper than us? a cent cheaper they don 't have any resources they have hydro they don 't have oil like i don 't get it somebody help me out i 'm just a I am just a dumb football play by play guy and sports announcer somebody help me out what with that what is it
2: what is it in regina right now i, I don't, 150, I don't drive, 158 it 158.
1: was 163 in saskatoon it's 153 i looked damn i looked around i didn't see a refinery now i get it you'll say well in detroit they make more they make cars but they yeah. don't get a cheaper deal but but that that, that argument doesn't hold up I'm talking Saskatoon here. Same provincial government. Same everything. Why are they 153.9 and we're 158.9? Why? Why? There's no good explanation for that. Sandra Masters? W- well, would she, she, know? To, she wouldn't know.
2: She'd have nothing I to do I guess with she's, it. A, she's just the mayor, huh? Just Sorry, Sandra. Just the mayor.
1: Just the mayor. <laughs> well, she would I have just many... want answers. Sorry, well, Sandra. I do. I, and want... I want
2: a new ballpark for the Red Sox, too. That's just, Well, they're going to reconf-
1: reconfigure that. Okay, so let's get to this here. Three Down Nation redid their power ranking. So after what we've seen with cuts and everything, Zinger, let's go with number nine. Now, at number nine, they have got the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot about them. I think so, too. At number eight, number eight, you got Ottawa or
2: Edmonton? Oh, I got Edmonton. I originally, I think so too. I originally had Edmonton at nine, but then I forgot about Cody Fajardo. He took his talents to Montreal, so that automa- automatically drops him down to
1: nine. Eight. I, I have, I have, I have. I'm gonna put. Ottawa at 8, just because their quarterback situation is still up in the air. I'm not a big Jeremiah Masoli guy, and if Nick Arbuckle... Anyway, (sighs) but if Nick Arbuckle's starting at quarterback, i got to go Edmonton 7, Ottawa 8.
2: Yeah, you know what... Taylor Cornelius
1: is a whole lot better than what yeah, Ottawa he is. has. Yes. Okay. Number six, do you got hmm. you got the riders? Like, they've, uh, Three Now Nations got the riders at six and Calgary at five. No,
2: I have the riders ahead of Calgary. Yeah.
1: I got Calgary at six. Yeah. Uh, I got the, I got, um, I have the riders at five.
2: Uh, I'm okay with that as, the, long, as long as they're ahead of Calgary yeah. and, uh, Edmonton. I'm okay with that. I got okay the riders that. at five. Third
1: place. I've got the, uh, I got the Argos at four, because their quarterbacking situation is up in the air. Mm. Okay, Nick Chad Kelly with that elbow, and he seems to be coming back from it, but also Chad Kelly's unproven. At three, I do have the BC Lions. Although it's interesting, I hear what Kongbo says. Do you believe him, or do you believe... Uh, What's going on there in BC? I don't, they got a good, they got talent. But all
2: I all I know is Dane Evans will be the starting quarterback yeah. by like week maybe four. Or but five. Vernon
1: look good against Calgary. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, he, I'm not buying show spurts of it. Number two, Bo Levi Mitchell and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They've got a pretty loaded team there. Yeah, I think they're I think they're number two, and you got to give the bombers yeah. their due. They're the best team in the league. They've been in the Grey Cup the last. But what if three years. arm falls off? Yeah, Well, what if Kalars gets hurt? There's a lot. I, what I yeah. do like, what I do like, is our depth behind Trevor Harris at quarterback. Actually,
2: oh yeah, I actually kept, feel we pretty, kept like seven guys. Uh, I
1: like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like that. I do I do like what I see behind our quarterback. I, do I think like. we
2: have a top three, maybe top two defensive line in the league. Yeah, maybe well, I, maybe 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 first. If Derek
1: Moncrief comes back and we could stay healthy, we got one of the top linebacking course, we got a really good secondary. Like, our defense is going to be primo. Mm-hmm. We might have a bit of issues at linebacker. Special teams-wise, I'm not concerned about Lothar. People are like, we should cut him. Are you gonna, who are you going to replace him with? Mark Leggio? Give me a break. <laughs> um, I think a lot of those misses have to do with uh, getting used to a holder. Uh, interested in our punting situation? If Korzak beats out Vedvik, we got a great long snapper, and we got the best return game in game the league, I think.
2: Yeah, Mario Alford. So I'm, looking, Let's go.
1: I'm really pumped. Are, for you the exci- Are you excited to go to Edmonton? I am. This is the biggest home this is the biggest season opener in 10 years. This is a
2: big one. In 10 a years. A lot rides on this game. We're
1: going to talk about that a little later on in the show. Keep the text coming. 936-6262. You're welcome to Call 2. Up next, Peter's Puck with Peter Lubardius. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
0: 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Let's Talk Hockey with NHL broadcaster Peter Labardius. Nobody knows the game at all levels like Peter. From the Regina Pats broadcast booth to being a leading voice on Calgary Flames Radio, this is Peter's Puck.
1: And we welcome Pete on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Now, before we get to hockey, aren't you or weren't you at Ball Diamonds or something like that?
7: Yes, I uh, spent the last three and a half days watching the women's college softball world series in Oklahoma city, um, with my sister. Uh, it's the first time my sister and I have actually ever done anything together. Just the two of us as adults. And she was a high level pitcher, um, growing up. So she loves the game. I love the game. And, uh, we had an awesome
1: time. It's funny, Pete, because my son's roommate, uh, grad assistant coach, lives with my kid, uh and we were sitting in April watching like, we were watching uh Oiter Hockey Game or whatever and we got to talking about our favorite sports, and this guy's a 24 something year old guy uh, There's a knock at the door and he got a package and it was, I'm not even kidding you, it was Oklahoma State Cowgirls, paraphernalia like a memorabilia, like he was a jersey like he is a big college women's
7: Softball. I've never heard yeah, that before. Join the, join the club. People are missing out. That's, that's what he
1: said. That's what I said. Oh, you just watch them because they're attractive. No question. I said to him, "You just watch it because they're attractive, but they're in your age bracket." And he goes, "Well, that's part of it, but it's exciting." And I and who else is an Oklahoma State cowgirl fan? Which is true. He asked me there.
7: Yep. And there <laughs> were, uh, you know, it's it's an event that I went to it. Um, way back in nineteen eighty seven and have not been back since um back then there was about i don 't know i 'd say best crowd that I saw was about two thousand people yeah well now you can't now you can 't get a ticket in the twelve thousand five hundred seat stadium there so it's uh it 's grown it 's awesome and it's it 's awesome for the athletes and, and people
1: who invest. It's awesome, man. It's great that you uh, went with your sister and took that in. Hey, uh, Peter, uh, come on, man. Why can't the WHL win this thing? They can't win the Memorial Cup. All I heard was the Seattle Thunderbirds are a low. They're, they'd be like in the AHL and win some games, which I never bought. And then, uh, uh, oh. hey, Patrick Waugh's team beat them twice at the tourney.
7: They deserve to. Uh, They're deserving champions. You know, they had a great run. Patrick has always put together great teams. Uh, They have an incredible organization, unbelievable resources uh, with what goes on there in that beautiful city. And uh, they were the best team. And they proved it. And they beat a great team. Make no mistake. That, for me, without question was the best Western Hockey League team we've seen at that event going back to Kelowna in 2015. And, you know, when it comes down to a one-game showdown, they didn't have it. Their best people last night were not at their best. And certainly the guys on the other side couldn't have really played any better and deserve a lot of credit. And so... You know, it's 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 always an interesting tournament in this regard. But the one thing about this one, and you said it, Michael, is this. They didn't just beat them once. They beat them twice.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you at, uh, at Fan960, Lou, uh, your Twitter account, you said, hard to believe at one point they went from 1971 until 1996 between victories. That would be from the QMJHL. and yes. the, uh, And... Seven times in the last 11 tries, they've won the championship. The, the WHL has won it just once since 2008. Why do you think it's so hard for the WHL to win? Is it just harder to win the WHL so they're spent by the time they get there? I think,
7: I think there's a lot of different things that go into it, and I'll try and be as brief as I can. So, you know, 22 teams with the travel, uh, the population base, and how really the hockey world has changed is is certainly a big contributing factor. It is very different in many ways to go through the schedule although it's not quite as grueling as it once was, but it's different and it's certainly more grueling and certainly more grueling than it is in the Ontario Hockey League. But one of the big factors for me is not only does the league have, you know, form Four more teams in the Quebec League, two more teams in the Ontario League, and when you think about the population bases of those places. But it's also this mm-hmm. when you think about players even outside of our country that make their way to those respective leagues. So, for instance, you know, a lot of the big name, big market teams, if you will in the Ontario League, they get a lot of the best American born players. Right. And the one thing the Quebec League seems to be able to attract is some of the better and best international players, the best Europeans, you know, Mm -hmm. Halifax in particular has been a been a factory. So, you know, things go in cycles a little bit. And the other part is this. And I probably should have started this way. The Western League, to its credit, and one of the reasons I love it so much, is the people are so competitive within the you know, the confines of each and every market that it isn't always how it is in other leagues. Where in Quebec, Michael, because of how long it took them to win, they're not afraid to go, this team and this team have the best chance this year. So other teams in the league aren't afraid to go, well, you give us this so we can go forward and we'll give you this so you can Ah. load up to be the best you possibly can. The Western League is, to me, and it's what I love about the Western League, they don't like doing that. They're still incredibly competitive. Um, You know, they care about that a lot and you don't see a lot of necessarily yard sales to give your best players up so here's a perfect example mm-hmm. and it's right in your own town do you think of the Kamloops Blazers or uh the Seattle Thunderbirds had Connor Bedard on their team for the Memorial Cup it might have made a difference
1: <laughs> yeah 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 so
7: so that that probably even the last part is something that I think the league, you know, Seattle obviously that was that was a hell of a stacked team with seven or eight world class type players on it. Um, but by and large, you know, the Western League is kind of everybody's kind of done it their way. While Quebec, in particular, they are not ever afraid to load up, and you know, I remember one year where, you know. <laughs> Moncton had, had a great team, and Brad Marchand was on that team, and other team, guys were on that team. Well, you know, within two years, they all ended up together on the same team in Halifax, and a trade was made that allowed the switch, and then in some cases, the switch back. Hmm. That's a big factor.
1: Yeah, it is. So Those
7: other leagues, especially the Q, they're not afraid to load up their best team.
1: All right, uh, we have you for a couple more minutes. I want to uh, pick your brain on uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the goings-on there. Let's talk about first, Mike Babcock. He's expected to be hired by the Blue Jackets as their head coach once his deal with the Leafs expires here at the end of June. I like Mike Babcock. I've never wavered on that, even when he went through all this other BS that he went through. Um, I'm, I'm for one, happy he's back in the league. Just your thoughts.
7: Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i the same. And I, I think... You know, Mike's an unbelievably intelligent guy. Um, you know, he has more money than he'll ever need. And, and my guess is what the last few years have taught Mike is that Mike might have to do it differently mm-hmm. than he's done it before. And, you know, there's always great learning. And in our society, we don't always want people to learn. We want to be mad at them for old mistakes. But he's a quality family man. He cares desperately. He, he makes people accountable. And I think, you know, if the time away has allowed him to think a little bit more about doing it just a little differently, that'll be a fabulous hire.
1: And tell Leaf fans listening why they should be happy that Brad Treleving is the general manager of their hockey team.
7: Well, Brad is not afraid to do difficult things. And he has one heck of a chore in front of him. I think also in being in a Canadian market, he doesn't even know yet what he's in for. But, you know, like all of us, we can think we know, but then then we're yeah. going to learn as we go through it ourselves. Um, Brad's one of my favorite people in hockey. He He cares about people. He invests. And I think even as a result, Michael, of going through a lot of the hardship and how things ended in Calgary, which which left him, you know, in a spot where he felt he had to move on. Like I said about Mike, I think Brad will do it a little different. I think he cares about people. I think people care about him. And he'll be a better GM, I think, in Toronto than he was in Calgary. And I think he was a pretty darn good GM in Calgary.
1: Always a pleasure. Pete, thanks for uh, stopping in once again.
7: Okay, go green, yeah. go white, go green and white. I'm going to be more invested. You'll be able at some point to bring me on this show and ask me even about those football guys, I can't wait, man.
1: I can't wait as long as you keep the purple off the radio. Zinger and I have banned purple from our radio station, okay? Well,
7: that's a little disappointing, <laughs> and I may have an opportunity at some point, I hope, to maybe at least change that <laughs> Or Okay, guys.
1: Take care, buddy. Great. That's Peter Lubardius joining us. Peter's puck. Coming up next, we'll talk a little Red Sox baseball with the president, Gary Bratzel. This is the sports cage and the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM.
0: Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. To center field, pretty well hit. Very well hit. It's gone. Brandon Belt hits one a ton to straightaway center field, and the Blue Jays are back on top.
2: Brandon Belt does a nice job on a low pitch, and you see how he can – Lean right out over the plate to stay in that swing. Stays on it, drives it straight back through the middle, and it just kept going. And the Toronto Blue Jays' winning streak keeps on going. Brandon Belt with a two-run shot late in the game yesterday, 6-4 to final score. The Toronto Blue Jays sweep away the Mets, and Brandon Belt is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, challenger, Rogator, gleaner, and fan dealer. Give them a call at 781
0: 1077. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Let's keep the show rolling.
1: 936 is our text line. You can call that number locally if you want to talk some sports or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. 767 620 Our text line's powered by Capital Auto Group. Rod and Regina, hey, Ballsy, I think we are underestimating what this team is going to do this year. They're going to bounce back this year, and I believe Harris is the guy. We'll be 10-8. So 10-8 would be a four-win improvement. I'm okay with that. I can see that as a realist. Realistic. Um, Toronto prediction.
2: Argonauts were ten and eight uh, in twenty seventeen, I believe, when they won the cup.
1: You want to be as good as you can be, but you just got to make I the playoffs. You just got yeah, they were ten and eight. You just got to make the playoffs and get there. And uh, well, the season really turned around when Cody got picked off by Winton McManus at the Atlantic uh, Bowl there. Cody the touchdown Ugh. Atlantic. You're not a big fan, eh? Yeah. I had no problem with the guy, but uh, he had a problem with me.
2: He's he's not a very good thrower of the football. And the last time mm. I checked, mm. I think you need to be able to
1: throw the football. Oh, come on, Zinger. He was 7 for 14 in their preseason game. Yeah, <laughs> 50%. A, That's what he is. Freak. He's a 50% quarterback. That's what he is. Shot puts the ball like a track meet. He, he can't throw it deep. There's no doubt about it. He's not a deep ball thrower. Deep, short, intermediate. Can't throw the ball. Zinger, are you a fan? Of <laughs> Cody Vajardo?
2: He's not a fan. No, I'm, I'm a
1: fan of this guy on the Western Pizza Hotline, Gary Bratzel. Hi, Gary.
6: Hey guys, how's it going?
1: Good, man. Regina hey, man. Red Sox president Gary so she's a hot one. Uh, but it looks like the weather will hold up for the game tonight, which is good.
6: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little sticky out, perfect ball weather. Pitchers will love it tonight.
1: Yeah. For those that don't know baseball that well, why will why will pitchers love it? I think I know, but tell our fans why the pitchers will love it.
6: Oh, just your ability to stay loose. and all you'll they'll get a good sweat going on and. They'll think they can probably pitch three more innings than they, they have to date. So, uh, and it's a little... Yeah, it's, it's just great.
1: It's stickier. You can grip the ball better too. I think you can make the ball dance a little more.
6: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just uh, going to be a fantastic evening for baseball.
1: So, so far, I, what, you're three and five out of the gate, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just your thoughts so far.
6: Yeah, a little... Not really where we want to be, but I think as of today, I think we're Two pe- two players away from completing our roster, so you know I think we definitely have the pieces and the talent here. We just need to come together as a team now and uh, figure it out.
1: Me- meaning, okay, so wait a minute, you're two players short. So are you? Ex- do you have two players in mind, or that's just a, a, a general observation?
6: No, we we have three coming in yet. Okay, uh, they've just been tied up, or they're still playing down south, and including our coach Ben. They won again last night, Indiana State.
1: Oh wow! I didn't even know he wasn't up here. That's terrible. I've been busy. Well, I've been busy in Saskatoon with the riders. I haven't had a chance to make it out. Uh, Oh wow! So who's who's managing things while he's uh, still at Indiana State? Well, I got Mitch McDonald working,
6: and uh, pitching coach uh, Steve Butts, and then our director of player personnel, uh, Ray Pathakis, has been down as well since training camp. So yeah, Indiana State—they won uh, conference regionals, and they go to super regionals next weekend.
1: It's kind of uh, an unlucky draw for you guys, but lucky for him. I know you're happy with uh, his success. Um, so so with that in mind, with the way things are like this, where you're still waiting for some guys to finish off their season at, at college before they come to you, um, when when do you feel good about your team in terms of chemistry and everything like that? Like when were you like, okay, this is our team. Now let's this is the real team. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in Major League Baseball, it's usually they say Memorial Day, you are what you are for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
6: I think we are I'm gonna say ninety eight percent away from our real team. Like all our position players are here now, so I know talking to the coaches starting tonight now, they're gonna start putting guys in set positions and come up with a you know, a set schedule for moving guys around and rotating guys in and out and I think they've seen enough guys at different positions now that they're comfortable to say, Hey, mm. you know these two, these two guys are shortstops. This guy's going to play second. This guy third the rest of the year. And I think our outfield is a, a five, uh, five man platoon. So yeah, I think, I think we have it figured out now. It's just a matter of, uh,
1: Playing some games. Hey, uh, Bratzel. I understand you guys have the best public address man in the league, and he wants to ask you a question. So I'll turn things over to Zinger. Here. He wants to ask you a question.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, Who, who's Zinger? Uh, ah, yeah, exactly. That's know. what I keep asking is.
1: myself every day. But anyway, Sean, go ahead.
2: Yeah, we. Have, there's a pretty cool story on this team this year. Uh, Zach Wasluski Gary, can you uh, tell the Red Sox fans, tell the listeners, uh, Zach Wasluski's backstory?
4: Yeah,
6: we actually got a couple of them, but yeah, I'll get to Zach. Uh, his father, and I can't remember his first name. He's Gary. Orthopedic, is a Barry? Yeah, okay. Gary. Gary. Sorry, all well, yep. that's a great name. But yeah, anyway. Beautiful <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> His dad's, uh, the orthopedic surgeon for the Phoenix Cardinals and, uh, D backs. I think he did some surgery on Kyler Murray recently. He's one of the top Tommy John guys in the South. So, yeah, that's, uh, kind of a neat. And I think, uh, Barry's dad was on the '66 or '67 Boston Red Sox World Series
2: team. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I I looked into that one on my own. I, I knew the Tommy John Parks. So you kind of whispered yeah. it to me in the press box the other night, but then I did some digging and I saw that. Yeah, his uh, grandfather was on the Boston Red Sox. And he was a pitcher. He actually pitched uh, I think game one or two of the World Series that year. Is there any other cool stories that that we're missing yeah, behind these players? There's a lot of cool backgrounds. Spoil it.
6: Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think you're going to have him on as a guest Wednesday. Uh, Alan Zinter, Michael Zinter's mm, father, yeah, yeah. He's, he's here now. And we might actually throw him in uniform a couple <laughs> games. Uh, he was the hitting coach for Cincinnati Reds last year until he lost his job. So oh, I know nice. uh, I know Rise got him lined up to, to do a couple sessions with our guys, and you know, at least talk about the mental side of hitting and maybe some of their approaches and help a couple of guys get out of a uh, early season funk.
1: It's awesome, man. Hey, uh, and we're going to have uh, Alan's inter on the show on Wednesday, lined up by Gary brought. So can't wait. Lastly, before I let you go, uh, I was up there in Saskatoon and they're, they're putting money into Karen's field to get the, you know, for the Saskatoon team in 2024. And I'm thinking to myself, this Red Sox team is unbelievable. Great run. Great Run run spectacularly by yourself and and the group, but uh w- what's the update on the field there like uh what what's gonna happen here because you guys do need uh a new facility or failing that a reworked facility
6: mm-hmm. uh, i guess i'll I'll go with the short version i I mean us personally, I can't speak for the city but we are in the process of engaging uh dcd uh philanthropics in saskatoon they did a lot of fundraising for uh gordie Howe bowl and yeah. all those facilities and we have we have talked to them and they're they're quite certain they can potentially raise four to eight million for a regina baseball facility if if the city's willing to uh you know look at that i mean that's a good chunk of private money like probably well over half right there so uh you know it's probably a good opportunity for the city to you know get something built and not have to spend a whole lot of taxpayers money
1: yeah no that that makes a lot of sense and it's come down to the the league's basically told you you need a new facility or else has, hasn't it well yeah,
6: there's a lot of pressure on not only us. I mean, all, all the Saskatchewan teams are lagging behind uh, facility wise. Uh, all the Alberta parks are fantastic. I, I don't, other than Brooks, I don't think any of them seat under twenty-two to forty-five hundred, and uh, you know they sell them all out. So mm. to the to the naysayers that say, oh, well, Red Sox only average eight hundred dollars or 800 uh, fans per game people. I mean, we only have 700 seats. So
1: it's (laughs) like,
6: you know, how much marketing can you do? And you say... Say, well, you can come to the game, but you got to go stand down the line there and lean on the fence, right? It's kind
1: of like the Calgary Stampeders effect. Why would you go to Stampeders game? I don't want to sit on a bench with no back and watch the Stampeders game. I don't want to do that. I want to sit at home and watch it. Like, I'm not going to do that 100%, especially when it's sweaty and sticky. But it's a great night for baseball. Get out, listen to the golden tones of Sean Kleisiger, watch the Red Sox win as they try to improve the and five against Swift Current. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, buddy.
6: Right on. Thank
1: take, you. Take care. Yeah. Let's play ball. Hey, do it here. Do it here quickly. Introduce the Red Sox. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2023 Regina Red Sox. All right, here's your sports ticker. Zinger, do we got a uh, sponsor for the sports ticker? I didn't see that. Yeah, this Sorry.
2: one's for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at
1: 781-2090. So the uh, Florida Panthers take on the Vegas Gold the Knights tonight. Vegas is up uh, one game tonight. Florida lost their first game on the road in the playoffs. Also, coming up here right away, we got Ryder Varga, who's going to join us from the BC Lions, Regina Ram, one of eight Regina Ram alumni in the CFL to start the season seven players and a coach. Um, also the Jays open up a series against Houston coming off a sweep of the Mets in New York. Now uh, our own Sean Kleisinger caught up with Jeremy O'Day and we'll hear that interview again in the five o'clock hour, actually after five thirty. But O'Day has said just in case uh, you missed it, that Gerald Hawkins, the who, Peg, guy pegged to be left tackle for the Riders, former Pittsburgh Steeler, is still dealing with family and personal matters, and they're not sure when or if he will be back, so that's interesting. Uh, Colin Kelly, the guy they signed, um, who was with the XFL, former, I believe, uh, Hamilton Tiger Cat, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to be on the suspended list for two games because he got busted for uh, PEDs or, you know, performance-enhancing sub- uh, substance. Um he got a. We were wondering why couldn't Sankey come back here? Well, he didn't have a clause in his contract to come back to the CFL, but when Kelly signed in the XFL, he did have a clause so that he could go back to the CFL because certain contracts only allowed uh, guys to try to go to the NFL. Otherwise, they'd have to stay in their XFL contract, but not the case for Kelly. And that's your sports ticker.
0: The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three down game.
1: And the CFL reports brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most out of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Campbell or online at kevinsmarine.com. All the Rough Riders made their cuts over the weekend, and one of the big names who was released, veteran running back, Keenan LaFrance, the Canadian, has signed with the BC Lions. So he joins the Leos. Speaking of the Lions, they traded Canadian defensive lineman Jonathan Kongbo to Hamilton for conditional draft pick. The six foot five, 266 pound pass rusher signed with the Leos in May following a one year stint with the Denver Broncos. Interesting because it was believed they released veteran Sean Lemon because of the potential of the Canadian Kongbo and what he brought to the table in terms of ratio and roster flexibility. But he's on his way to Hamilton for a draft pick. This is the CFL Report.
0: Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 936-6262,
1: 936-6262, the number to text if you want to weigh in on the show. How do you think the riders are going to do this year? Rod says 10 and 8. Scott says 9 and 9. Jeff says uh, 7 and 11. What do you think? 936-6262. Um, the hotline's powered by Western Pizza. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. As we embark on a 2023 campaign, want to point out, the Regina Ram players in the CFL. Jorgen Hughes back as the long snapper for the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Mitch Pickton back as a receiver. Jackson Ford has made the team. Theron Churchill, who was traded from the uh, Toronto Argonauts after they won the Great Cup to the Edmonton Elks, is on the Elks. We're endeavoring to get a hold of him for tomorrow's show. Anthony Bennett and Tanner Schmeckel, two draft picks of the... Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers from this past draft will both make the Bombers roster to start. Mark Mueller, once again, longtime assistant coach, at the Calgary Peters back in Cowtown. And our next guest here on the sports cage, your voice of three down football in this country, is Ryder Varga, engineering guy, and he's engineered himself a spot on the BC Lions roster. How are you doing, Vargs? I'm doing terrific. How are you? Good man. Uh first off, let's go back to the preseason game. What was that like to pick off the rider quarterback Mason Find and take it to the house in the in the stadium you made famous in U Sports?
4: Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was like you almost couldn't have wrote it any better, of course. Um unless it was regular season. But mm-hmm. um yeah, it was it was awesome. I had a lot of a lot of friends and family there, and yeah, it was definitely a, a night to remember for sure.
1: How was the anxiety as you uh, were trying to see if you'd be on this roster full-time?
4: Um, of course, you're always anxious. I mean, the CFL's uh, pretty cutthroat business. I mean, there's people released all the time, like big names, and, um, and nobody's spot is ever guaranteed. You can never get too comfortable. So, of course, there's a little anxiety, but all you can really do is just do your best. Every single day, and don't leave anything out there on the table.
1: What's it like uh, being there, though? A little bit, you know, with some Saskatchewan boys. I think of Nathan Cherry on that team, guys like that that may have uh, helped you uh, get uh, get set up and get situated there.
4: Oh, they're uh, they're Huskies, so they're the worst. But um, actually, (laughs) I'm rooming with uh, I'm rooming with Pickett and uh, former Dinos player um, Tyler Packer, So we're good. We got a nice setup here, and they both have their vehicles and their they're kind of bringing me around and they had some extra stuff in the storage locker from last year when they were on the team so it's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal for me to live with, with those
1: two. No kidding, man. And I've said this before. I like what Neil McAvoy, the general manager of the BC Lions, kind of did because, uh, as you know, uh, Ryder, when you're in these uh, combines and things, uh, the teams ask, hey, uh, you're a Sasky boy. Are you going to are you gonna leave us the first chance you get? You probably got asked that question because uh, almost everybody does. And a lot of teams are focusing in on keeping their own guys, like Montreal focused in on Quebec players. I know Theron Churchill was happy to go back to Edmonton, the former Ram and your old teammate to go back to Alberta because that's where he's from and it's kind of lonely when you're way way away from home, your first time being away from home uh, like this uh, so it is kind of uh, a nice strategy by the BCGM to to get some of you young Saskatchewan guys, be it Rams or Huskies live together and live the West Coast life all together, it's kind of cool
4: yeah, it's it's good. I uh, wish we got some more Rams out here, but we'll we'll work on that. Yeah, no kidding. The, race, uh, the ratio's off right
1: now. <laughs> what's it? I love the I love your hatred of the Huskies. I love that man. Yeah, uh, what sure. um, what's been the biggest eye opener for you?
4: Um, I don't know. I would I would just say like the game is just like. So fast, and and everybody here. I mean, you say it. Everybody in their in their university is probably the best player out of their high school, and then these guys are just the cream of the crop. So everywhere you look, there's, there's super talented people, super talented players, and um, it's just kind of eye opening and and humbling to see you know where all these people came from, and we're all here just for a common goal.
1: Yeah, and and listen, we're not we know you're a canadian so and i think the c is the most important thing in the cfl so i'm all for it uh you know they got to fill the ratio so that's key and that gives a guy like you a chance to get around some of that bias because they've got to find some canadians so they wouldn't normally look for a rider varga and it's not because you're not talented it goes for any canadian out there but they have to look for you now which i love um in terms of uh that though you you make the roster you're like okay i you know has that clicked in for you like you know what i do belong here i'm I'm a good football player have has that entered in d r e you've always been a confident guy
4: um no, there's always a little bit of like imposter syndrome I'd say like you I don't know you watch you get told you're a good football player all the time and then you watch your own tape and you're probably a little bit more critical of yourself than than your mom is so there's always a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of that every day but yeah, I'm just trying to trying to keep up with some of the vets here and um, trying to limit my mistakes. And of course, if if I make a mistake, I want to you know make it at full speed and try and learn from it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just it's just trying to keep up with uh, some of the savvy vets that we have.
1: Who's helped you? Is like a Ben Halatic helped you uh, there in the linebacking core?
4: Yeah, Ben Halatic is. I mean, he's a really similar player to me. He's he's actually my age, but he's been in the league for two years now, and he's he's married with a house, so it's just funny how <laughs> I mean, we're the same age, and we've got two different life paths here, but yeah, I, I lean on him a lot, and another guy like Josh Woods, he's an American guy from uh, UCLA, but he's more my age, and he's trying to help me along, and uh, kind of talk to me, and Bola Cumbo, of course, and a guy like Isaiah Messam, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, there's a lot of good linebackers there to, to lean on.
1: You know, uh, you could be... <laughs> You could be a comedian. What is going on with you? Have you been doing the circuit out there in Vancouver? Deadpan jokes, I love it, Ryder Varga. Um, <laughs> so, with that in mind, do you any regrets that you went back to school, finished your degree? Uh, you know, uh, do you feel like you're behind, or are you you happy with your decision?
4: Um, no, I'm I'm perfectly content with my with my decision. I I wanted to get my degree out of the way, and I, I liked that it gave me another year to kind of figure myself out and grow a little bit more. I think it's impossible to really say, you know, where I would be as a player if I played the year at the Rams or played the year at BC. I mean, we'll, we'll truly never know. But all I can do is just, you know, be happy that I got my degree and now I can just focus on, on football and football only. So... Mm. Well, I'm excited to see where I can take my, my game from here.
1: Yeah, for sure. We all are out here, too. Um, it's pretty cool, though, when you look at this list. Eh? Uh, Ford, Ford makes the Riders. Uh, Pickton's there. Hughes, Churchill, Bennett Schmeichel, uh yourself. Like A lot of those guys are your former teammates. Uh, have you guys all gotten like a group chat and talked about, hey, it's kind of cool we're all in the league now?
4: Um, no, we got to work on the group chat. Or maybe they have one. I'm just not in it. <laughs> but, well, I'm going to chat. I'm going to get back to you on that one, but... Uh, we 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 all reach out just to each other. Check check out training camp was and uh, talk to the guys and made the teams and and congratulated them and uh, mm-hmm. yeah we're all we're all happy for each other and we all just want the best for each other.
1: Ryder, what's uh, what's the um, what's the outlook for you? Like, where are you on the depth chart? Are you the teams guy? Are you on all the teams? Where does that look? Where does that stack up for you?
4: Well, I gotta be I gotta be careful. I don't.
1: Oh it. yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry.
4: Specials would probably be my main. Yeah. My main focus this year, I'm going to try and, you know, work my way on de- on defense and know the playbook well enough to where if, God forbid, something happens and I have to go in, then I can, you know, mm-hmm. go in seamlessly. But mm-hmm. um, for sure right now it's more of a special teams focus for me and trying to get that part right because there's some, you know, really athletic and, and good players out there on special teams you've got to go against for 30 plays a game. So I'm trying to get that part down and try and balance the defense if, if I get
1: uh, my name called, what do you like about Ryan Phillips' defense?
4: Oh, he's good. He's uh, he loves it, and he like you know he can tell he's really passionate about it, and he's very open to dialogue between um, his players and stuff like that. You, got, you know, older guys on the team like TJ Lee and Bo LaCumbo, and it's not so much like a dictatorship. Like he's he's open to you know stuff that we want to try, and if there's a play that we're running, but. We think we could tweet it in a certain situation, or you mm. know, so on and so forth. And he's pretty open to that. So I like that he's 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 not putting himself on a huge pedestal above us. He, he respects our opinion, and I think our defense is going to be pretty good because of that.
1: And lastly, how uh, how excited was the Varga family that uh, that you made the team?
4: Oh yeah, they're excited. My mom made a Facebook post and everything. So you know, it was a big, it was a big moment for them, and uh, I know they're proud of me, and they told me that. So. They're excited, and I think it's going to come out to a couple games here and try and get out of Saskatchewan. Probably be good for them. So
1: <laughs> you're funny, man. Hey, uh, best of luck! Congratulations. I, uh, as the voice of the Riders, I, I, I uh, put a little emphasis on the old pick six call for for you because uh, you know, flashing back to those Rams days. Best of luck, man. Except for when you play the green and white, I have to say that.
4: I appreciate it. It's all good. I understand.
1: Take care, man. Ryder Varga, that's also, we've said it before, a great football name. Joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll have more of the Sports Cage in a moment on
0: 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Yeah, we're talking sports with you. You want to weigh in? We've got open phones right now,
1: 936-6262. In-town, toll-free, out of town, 1-866-767-0620. Got this text on our text line, powered by the Capital Auto Group at 936-6262. It's from Brandon. Hey, guys, I'm very optimistic for the season. If Harris, Walker, Winicky, and Bain Jr. stay healthy... Along with their already awesome receivers, the defense will be top tier. I say thirteen and five. Let's go, Riders. That's really optimistic. I don't th- wow. thirteen and five, Brandon. I, I appreciate the optimism. I'm, I'm liking it. That's what we were in 2019, wasn't it? I'd love to be thirteen and five. Or was it twelve and six? No, we were twelve and six. I think. Yeah. I don't think we we're thirteen and five. We have to look that up. I mean, I we had that. a ho- We had a for some reason. I po- I don't
2: know. I don't thirteen know much. and
1: five. I don't think we ever fit. Ah, since I've been alive, it hasn't been better than twelve and six. Can't see it.
2: I. S- it was 13 and five. 13
1: and 5 it was 2019
2: with Cody it was five. with Cody
1: Fajardo he caught lightning in a bottle he did he did <laughs> We did. And then the bottle broke. <laughs> yeah, it did break. It did break. Um, well, it, it hit a crossbar, and then, then it broke. Yeah. Um, so keep the text coming, nine three six sixty two sixty two. Uh We had uh, Jeremy O'Day on earlier. We'll replay that interview after 5.30. We'll also hear from Glenn Suter and Coach Craig Dickinson after 5 o'clock as we will chat our regular feature with him for McDougal auctioneers. Hey, we got the NHL tonight, Zinger. Uh, let's uh, hear from this idiot, Kolasar. This is what he said on the bench, there mic'd up. There's no swears. Check this out.
8: Yeah. None of them want it. They're pretenders. None of them
1: really want it. Yeah. Stanley, a Stanley Cup that I could really care less <laughs> about. Like, really. I haven't watched one. It's so freeing when your team gets knocked out and th- th- oh, that there's yeah. other things to do in June, like CFL football or baseball. Like, I could give to you you-know-whats about the Stanley Cup. Like,
2: I watched I, care. I watched. Uh... I watched the pregame intros, and then after that, I was like, "All right, I'm checking out." I watched the Yankees and Dodgers instead.
1: This colossar, if there wasn't, if there wasn't, if thirty teams in the. Is there thirty in the NHL? Thirty-one. I lost track. Thirty teams. I think thirty NHL teams. If there wasn't. If there, if there weren't 30 teams, a guy like that, that Ham and Egger wouldn't be in the NHL. There's 32 about, now. 32 teams? There's 32?
2: 32 with Seattle and,
1: and, and oh. Vegas, I guess. Okay, so 32 teams in the NHL. That Ham and Egger wouldn't last a second in like the early 90s or 80s when they had like 21 teams. That Ham and Egger wouldn't last. He's that's, a clown show. That's the thing with this. Huh? Like At least when Kane talks, Kane can score. This Kolasar guy, he's a goofball. How many more teams like do you want? It's well, they're getting, gonna get two it's, more. They it's said, getting said they're gonna pretty get, watered down. They here. said they're gonna get two more teams because they could get yeah, expansion know, fees for one point five billion each, and none of that money would go to the players. It just goes to the owners. It's free money.
2: And I know a lot of the listeners probably wouldn't care about this, but like major league soccer right now, there's so many teams and like it wasn't the greatest league to begin with. That's one way to really make the league not good oh, anymore because down. there's like, yeah, come water on. Water down. I, on the NFL, on the other hand, no, actually, I want an expansion team in Major League Baseball. That's what I want. Yeah. We haven't seen one since 1998. Yep. When uh, the
1: Diamondbacks and the Rays came, yep. I
2: believe. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then in the NHL last, or uh, in the NFL, when was the last one? The NFL two thousand two with the Texans, Texans. And before that, it wasn't at the Jags in Carolina. Yeah, from the ninety five, not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. And they were in the they were in the championship games, real close, actually. Yeah, like, the Packers, the Packers uh, beat them. Yeah, Packers beat them, and Denver, Denver beat the the Jags. Mm-hmm in the in the in the AFC game there. Anyway, uh yeah, interesting. I really don't care. Anybody out there listening care about the Stanley Cup playoffs? I mean, there's Chandler Stevenson on on Vegas and there's Florida with uh, Josh Mahur, a good kid. I hope Florida can come back and uh, and smoke them. I yeah, I, I guess Vegas. No, oh, Vegas is Vegas has been in the league what six years? Come on, at least at least Florida's been
2: there well, twenty nine. years. what's wrong with him? I, I was laughing. They were showing him tie skates and warm ups before game one. Man, his arms look like mine. I'm not uh, even kidding you. Wow. Well, like, I mean, is... Look at any of those hockey
1: guys. Like Connor McDavid's a straight They look bean. sick. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's not a big Hockey boy. players look sick. Yeah, no, there's no real tough guy. There's no real, yeah, nah. No, they're not physical. It, it's obviously no, because
2: of the 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 conditioning and stuff that they do, obviously. Oh, like they're they, they excellent. Skate.
1: Hey, listen, they're excellent athletes. They look like bike riders. They're, they're, they're excellent athletes. <laughs> their you, bodies. You, you and I couldn't do what they do on skates, but they're not. Of all the athletes, they are not physical specimens. Like, when you take them out of their their hockey uh, hockey store equipment and off their skates they just like look like everyday guys and like, go- goalies
2: are the most deceiving individuals oh, yeah. and their equipment they look like mammoths yeah.
1: that's why when anybody says they're Co- string beans Connor Mc- uh, Bedard will never make it yes he will yes Connor Bedard will make it he'll be a point the game guy almost yeah Well,
2: Conor Bedard, yeah, like his legs are thick.
1: Yeah, he's got thick legs. He does. Like, like Connor McDavid has no muscles. Like, like, wait, wait, (laughs) sorry, sorry. He's got muscles, but he doesn't have like any default. Like, look, when you see LeBron James, or you see like a who would be a big NFL guy. Pick a name, big I don't uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron or Donald or anything. You're like, wow. On the other hand, Aaron Rodgers doesn't exactly look muscular. He doesn't have bigger arms than you. Well, he's pretty. He's pretty good body for a f- turning forty
2: year well, old. Well, forty. But Why he never am I was, supporting him? He at- would,
1: yeah, he was never a specimen. But like, you look at a hockey guy. Name me a specimen hockey player. Like Chara was huge, but he was tall. He wasn't like a specimen.
2: Uh, Ovechkin, beer bod, uh, dad bod.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. I don't I can't think of one. I don't think there is one. Anyway, all this comes down to is Zinger and I don't give a crap about the NHL when our teams are out. Do you care right now when it's honestly, folks, honestly, it's thirty-two friggin' degrees on the prairies where we get winter for eight months out of the year. Vegas is bumping right there, though. You see the city? It's bumping Is in it? Vegas. There's jerseys all around. Yeah, There's parties. Care. Are you? Are you into all pretenders? Yeah, but are you going to watch this tonight? I'm not watching no. one second of this. It could go to six overtimes, and I am not watching it. Well, I
0: might tune in then. <laughs> Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball this is the craig dickinson show our weekly chat with the Riders bench boss about the latest news from the locker room it's the only place where dicky takes questions from Rider nation and it's brought to you by mcdougall auctioneers where you're guaranteed the best
1: buying and selling experience mcdougallauction.com and yes we're joined on the western pizza hotline by the coach craig dickinson before we get to him we got a uh text I want to get to and you can keep the text coming. If you want to ask Coach a question or two, he'd be happy to take your questions. This from Paul. Uh Paul said, Paul's a Paul is a bomber fan from Saskatoon, Coach Dickey. And he said he thinks the riders are going to finish second in the West this year. And that's not uh I had another guy text in Brandon says he's very optimistic for the season. He sees the Rough Riders at 13 and 5. So that'll probably make you smile. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean a hill of beans, but how are you feeling now that we got through the preseason, all the cuts and everything like that?
8: Yeah, well, I feel pretty good about our team also, you know. I I'm not going to make any predictions, Michael, but, um, you know, if we can stay healthy, which every team says that, I think we got a chance to, to sur- surprise some people because what I saw in the preseason was a lot of what I saw every day in, in camp, just guys working hard, uh, being really attentive to details, being physical in how they played. And, you know, if we can keep that up, we got a chance to be pretty good, I think.
1: People have said, you know, if Harris is that good, how does he bounce around the league so much? And I said, listen, Damon Allen bounced around the league. Uh, um, uh, Ricky Ray's been around the league. Matt Dunnigan is the poster child for being around the league. And I sat by Trevor on the bus uh, after the game to the airport, and he said, you know, I really, he goes, Michael, I really like this team. Like, I've been around teams. I really like this team. What is it that, what, what's the feel like? Take us behind the locker room door. Sure.
8: It's a good vibe there. I mean, but, you know, we have to also – we want to be enthusiastic and positive and all that stuff, but we also have to be realistic and know that the preseason, it's tough to gauge just where you're at skill set-wise with other teams because a lot of teams don't play their guys in the preseason. We opted to play our our guys a little more, to be uh, quite honest with you. We played them more than other teams did, but we felt it was important to get chemistry – in continuity with our guys because we had so many new faces especially on offense so um it's hard to say what the other teams are going to look like week one but i think what trevor's referring to is we just got a really nice vibe in the locker room guys are showing up early they're putting in extra work and and of all the good teams i've been on that's always a common theme it's guys that went above and beyond and and really enjoyed being at work together. And so far, that's what it feels like on our team.
1: So I talked to him. I said, uh, I thought I'd see you more in that game. And he said, yeah, Coach and I had a nice conversation on the sidelines. And he basically told me he'd let me play all four quarters next week. <laughs> that's a pretty fun- <laughs> that's a pretty funny line, Coach. What was that conversation like?
8: Yeah, that was pretty much it. He uh, he wanted to keep going, which is what you want all, all competitors to do. They want to go. And uh, I said, no, Trevor, I've seen enough. I said you'll get all of them next week so he said okay coach i can i can live mm-hmm. with that so that's that's the way that conversation went and um, it was it was good mm-hmm. i i saw everything i needed to out of them and i I gotta believe his confidence is, is sky high after you know that drive he had against Winnipeg and I think he's gonna have a good week of practice, hopefully play well against Edmonton.
1: Murray sends a text in at nine three six sixty two sixty two. He says it's always I always appreciate having coach on taking our text. He wants to uh, know the reasoning in your opinion. And we had coach or we had that Jeremy O'Day on earlier. We'll get to that interview after five thirty, but just from your eyes, what was the reasoning in keeping all four quarterbacks at least to this point?
8: Well, the the reasoning is simply this, Murray, and it's a good question. We like them all. I mean, we just could not, um, could not wrap our heads around letting one of these guys go. We feel like they all bring value. They all have something special they bring to the team. And they all, the arrow's up on all of them. So we felt like they were just too good to let go. We didn't want to be playing against them. So <laughs> that was the reasoning behind it. it. It's going to cost you a little more on the, on the salary cap because you got to injure one of them, but we just like them. I guess that's that's the simple truth.
1: Okay, and that's that's interesting and I'm not against that at all. And I think you just raised a very good point. It's better they're with you than against you at least one of them, okay? So I love that mentality. But it does come at a cost because you guys had a pretty healthy group of running backs there and uh you you couldn't keep them around because you can only keep so many guys around. So I mean, how how tough of a decision was that because you, you know, Hawkins, uh Emmons and to a certain extent Rodney Smith showed some things at times too and you, you you had to make a decision yeah, there. Yeah,
8: you know we we tried to keep keep one of them around. Uh, he wouldn't accept the practice roster spot, which was too bad. So, um, yeah, but you just can't. You can't. That's the re- the reality of a small roster. Is you got to make a decision. We feel like we've got good a good one two punch in J-Mo and Frankie. We feel like we got a good young one in, in Bertrand Houdon, number thirty.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: And we tried to keep one of those Americans on the PR, but they didn't didn't want to accept it. So. Mm-hmm. That being said, we ended up, uh, parting ways with him and we'll keep, you know, we didn't burn any bridges. We told, we told the young man we we'll call him back if we get the opportunity or if we have an injury and we ask him to stay in shape and I think he will. So, but that was just the decision we made.
1: Hey uh, Dale wants to know. Dale's always been interested in punting, and I know that uh, that that warms your heart because you like special teams. You're the head coach, but you're a special teams guy. Tell you what, Korzak, he only got on the field twice in terms of punting, and he was booming them. Man, those were I always love those punts, coach, that are tight spirals and turnover. And he had two of those punts in that game. Where do we sit right now um, uh, with regards to that? Dale wants to know where where's your mindset with keeping both punters.
8: Well, we like both of them, so we got Korsak on on the team, and we also got Vedvik. Um, and we'll just end up. Vedvik's got a slight uh, slight um, quad strain, so he's still he's still getting treatment for that. Uh, if he's good to go and practices well this week, it'll be, you know, we'll we'll let it play out and see see which one ends up winning the job. But right now, uh, it's Corsack at punter. Vedvik more than likely will be a one game injured guy. And then, uh, and then we got Law got kicking for us. So we feel good about our specialists.
1: All right. We're going to take a break and be back with our second segment with Coach Craig Dickinson. Keep your text coming, 936-6262. Our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. This segment, the Craig Dickinson Show, Inside of the Sports Cage, a presentation of McDougall Auctioneers on Your Voice of Saskatchewan, 620
0: CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Second half of our segment, Craig Dickinson Show brought to you by McDougal
1: Auctioneers. Coach, thanks for hanging in there. Got this this one from Murray. Murray said, hey, I I just... uh... Heard on the sports cage that uh, Jeremy O'Day had said that uh, the left tackle situation, coach uh, with Hawkins, is uh, kind of in doubt. There, can you just shed some more light? Apparently, he's away, and we don't know if or when he'll be back. Is that indeed the case?
8: That's true. He's back attending to a family matter, and uh, he may not be with us this week. And if that's the case, we'll have to go with. Um, with someone else, yeah, uh, we don't know who that is just yet, but that's that's where it's at right now.
1: So, in general, with Hawkins not in the picture, coach, how are you feeling about the tackle situation? Did you get did you get any comfort in what you saw in uh, Winnipeg, even those back backup?
8: Yeah, I feel pretty good about it, but we, you know, he was a guy we put a lot of time and energy into bringing up and and recruiting, so we feel like he's he's a starting tackle in this league. So we hope he can come back. We don't think. We don't think we're going to get him back this week. Um, so that if that's the case, we're going to have to we're going to have to mix and match that old line and, and find a way to to put our best five out there, one way or the other.
1: And uh, of course, he added Colin Kelly. The team added Colin Kelly, uh, who has some CFL experience, XFL. So that'll be something maybe you can look at down the line once he clears yep, the, the suspended list. So that's yep, that's real that's interesting. Really hey, yeah, uh, we're
8: excited about him as
1: well. Yeah, for sure, uh, Scott. Scott wants to know, coach, as a guy who's coaching all these guys, um, you know, the decisions were tough, so that's going to make you feel pretty good, Scott says, uh, with regards to depth and and how the depth is going into the season.
8: Yep, yeah. We felt, like I said, we, we felt like we had a good bunch of guys at camp. There was a lot of open competition this year, and we, we had some tough decisions to make, and you know, it'll play out the way it does, and hopefully we made the right ones, but We feel good about the team we have, and again, it's just a matter of how do we do against another team's starting group. We feel like we've got good depth, and we've got um, guys that that play well together, and and now it's just going to be a matter of seeing how we gel against against a starting group in a week.
1: You paid uh, a lot of money for, the team paid a lot of money for uh, Anthony Lanier II in free agency, making him the highest paid defensive uh, player in terms of uh, American status. And, uh, you know, he could play inside, he could play outside. How much of a threat is he on that DN spot?
8: He's really good. I mean, yeah, there's a reason, you know, there's a reason he was able to ask for and get and get the salary that he got. He's He's, he's super disruptive. He's a, he's a good guy in the locker room. We expect a lot out of Anthony as a leader and and that's one thing I told him, when you're making you know, making a good salary, it's not really the production we're paying for, it's the the leadership and the work ethic that we're really paying for. And I think the production will come with time and if he's out there he's just that good. But the main thing we want from Anthony is to lead by example in terms of working hard and showing the young guys the right way to do it. But he's Worth every
1: cent, and we're we're thrilled we got him. How about, uh, you mentioned that, Coach, how about the two guys on offense that come to mind when you say something like that? Lead by example, work ethic, uh, Darrell Walker, who I think has been your most consistent player in training camp in terms of receiving, and then uh, uh, Winnikey, who's coming off, uh, you know, he had a little bit of a a hammy, he said, in camp, but uh, had a couple catches in that game against Winnipeg. Just talk about their leadership and what you expect from those two guys, because they look pretty good, at least at Walker, for sure
8: yeah those guys have been solid. I mean Walk's been around, so has Jake, and you know they don't they don't say a lot, but they go out and they work hard each day at practice and you know I think the young guys really respect and admire them and 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 look up to them so anytime you can get the best players on your team also being the best leaders, you've got something good, so that's what that's what we'll try to do on on both sides of the ball. Another guy that's like that is Philip Blake, I mean they don't come any better than yeah Blake, so feel pretty good about the group we got uh, on the offensive line with with philip being one of the
1: leaders yeah and you know and we talked about that i think in terms of the center guard guard situation you guys have a nice setup there in terms of depth you got bandy who can uh, fill in you got godber obviously you brought in blake which he can even bump out the tackle like we saw last week and then of course uh furland uh, furland and of course uh evan johnson too not to mention fry
8: yeah we got some depth i mean that and that's one of the things we were telling the folks during the draft, you know, everybody was saying, "Well, you got to draft a Canadian lineman." Well, no, we don't, because we're pretty darn deep up front. We just got to, we just got to play a little bit better. And I think free agency, we answered a lot of those questions with getting Godburn and getting Philip Blake, and and we are happy with who we got in the draft, sure, for sure, with you know, with Evan and, um, and so forth. But we feel good about our our old line now. We just got to start playing well together, and it's got to be five guys playing as one, and I just think that takes time, and there's no time like the present to get rolling on that.
1: Coach, I think we saw in the game what a veteran quarterback can do. Um, and I actually sat with Trevor on the bus, like I said, driving back to the airport, and his mom had sent him the clip of the touchdown pass to Darrell Walker. So he had told me in a previous interview, "I gotta listen to my feet." He said it was something Scott Milanovich told him: "Listen to your feet. Your feet will always tell you where to go with the football." In the sense that if I see something and I, uh, I, you know, have my hit step, if I gotta go to my second hit step, I don't want to throw it there. I gotta go to the next thing. And so he showed me on the touchdown pass to Walker, albeit from the five yard line, how he went from first read to second read to. Third read just like that and he did it he just stepped up in the pocket i think we see how a veteran quarterback can help out an offensive line
8: yeah he he gets the ball out of his hand quickly and and, you know he's going to be tested this week coach jones is going to bring the house and he'll he'll show like he's bringing a lot of pressure and then drop out of it so the nice thing about a veteran quarterback michael is they've been there before and they've done it and so it's not the first time they've seen something and i think Experience is the greatest teacher of all, and the veteran quarterback has a bunch of that.
1: Jeff and Melfort wants to know this. He said, how do you feel about your linebacking core in terms of depth, and where are we at with Moncrief? That's what Jeff wants to know.
8: Yeah. Well, Jeff, we we still not sure about Moncrief. He's getting looked at today by the doctors. He's going to do some strengthening tests on his shoulder. And if it's at level, he's going to be good to go. If it's not, we'll have to sit him for a week or two until it gets stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a key that's a key position for us, and we're hoping that he passes his test and that we can get him going. As far as the other linebacker spots, we feel pretty good. We got four four players for two positions, so we feel like we mm. we got enough depth. There.
1: And I'll tell you what, you got some nice versatility there, right? Like Dulky can go from safety into the box, and then he can bump LaCombo over, and he can play a couple of spots in the secondary too, right?
8: Yep, that's right. Yeah, a Donkey can do a little bit of everything. He's he's really just a really good athlete and really good football player, so he, he gives us a lot of versatility back there and if something ever did happen to tight at that, that will spot, you know, we got Herman Reed to help out. We got A. J. Allen over there as well and then um, we also got Dalkey that could move in there and play if need be.
1: Coach, uh, lastly, and then I'll let you go, and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. The The practice week starts on Wednesday. Uh, I've said, and I believe it, this is one of the most highly anticipated um, I don't. I don't want to say week one's critical, but it's a huge game. Week one is huge. Just to get everything off to a good start, a good feel with Winnipeg coming in here for your home opener, and we know Edmonton hasn't won probably since Warren Moon started at quarterback there for the Eskimos. At least it feels that long. This is a huge game. What's the message for the team this week?
8: Yeah. I, well, I don't have it yet. I mean, we don't. We don't get them till Wednesday. Um, but I did speak with them today, and I talked about our goal this this year. Is excellence. We're just going to chase excellence, and that's not necessarily wins and losses. We're going to we're going to chase excellence uh, each and every day, and our our mindset is going to be we want to be obsessed with improvement. And, and obsession is is basically the word that we use to describe where, um, you know that that's our constant goal, and, and what's constantly on our mind is getting better each and every day. And I think if we can do that, Balzi, I think we're going to. We're going to win more than we lose. I really do. And, and this first game is huge because it's your first opportunity to really test your team and test yourself against another pro football team and, and to get a feel for where you're at. So I think we'll play well. I think it'll be a good ball game because I think Edmonton's much improved also. Um, it'll be a nice environment, you know, playing up there at uh, Commonwealth. And, you know, I would encourage every fan to get up there and, and enjoy it a heck of a ball game, because I think it's going to be a real good
1: one. Yeah, it'll be a hot, sticky summer night. Hey, lastly, I want to squeeze one more in here. You talk about not being able to maybe read or do jump jumping jacks about what's going on in the preseason, right? But you have to be happy from week one to week two in the cut down in penalties.
8: Yes, and that's something we're going to constantly work on. You know, that's I am very happy about that. Probably one of the biggest takeaways in the game was how clean we played that game. And, and we're going to need to keep doing that, because we – we want to we want to be the most physical, least penalized team in the league. I don't know if it's ever been done, but we're uh, we're <laughs> going to set our minds to doing it, and uh, and that's going to be something that uh, at the end of the year, if we can do that, I'm going to be extremely satisfied and it's going to be a heck
1: of a year well I I, I looked over this uh, waiver wire two or three times coach I haven't seen that you cut the play by play guy so good I'll see you I'll see on <laughs> so, I'll <laughs> see no, you on he's Sunday he's on the rock yeah. <laughs> see you on Sunday man take care okay, take care anyway. that's coach Craig Dickinson joining us for McDougal Auctioneers we'll take your text 936-6262 keep them coming on the other side of 530 we'll hear from Glenn Souter and then Jeremy O'Day as well his uh, conversation with Sean Kleisinger from earlier in the day. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
2: 532 with the sports ticker for Busy Bee overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee doors, the garage door specialists. Well, game two of the Stanley Cup final tonight. The Florida Panthers in Vegas taking on the Golden Knights. The Panthers down one game to nothing after, yes, losing game one. So can they tie it up tonight and go back to South Beach, Florida? Knot it up at one apiece. We shall see opening faceoff set for 6 p.m. Saskatchewan time.
0: Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox report on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: In the Red Sox report, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, make sure to stop on by to watch that Stanley Cup uh, final. Panthers, Vegas, Golden Knights tonight, game two. They got everything you need there at the Canadian Brew House beverages, drinks, dollar off, tankards, you name it. So uh, stop on by and enjoy yourself and maybe stop on by Curry Field tonight and enjoy some collegiate level baseball as the Swift Current 57s are in town to take on your Regina Red Sox. A 7 05 p.m. opening pitch slated at the friendly confines of Curry Field. And a little earlier on on today's sports cage, we chatted with Gary Bratzel, the president of the Regina Red Sox, and Michael Ball asked Gary Bratzel the
1: status on the new stadium here in Regina. What's the update on the field there? Like, uh, what, what's going to happen here? Because you guys do need uh, a new facility, or failing that, a reworked facility.
2: mm mm-hmm. uh, I guess
6: I'll, I'll go with the short version. I, I mean, us personally, I can't speak for the city, but we are in the process of engaging, uh, BCG, uh, philanthropics in Saskatoon. They did a lot of fundraising for, uh, Gordie Howe Bowl and yeah. all those facilities. And we have, we have talked to them and they're, they're quite certain they can potentially raise four to eight million for a Regina baseball facility if, if the city's willing to, uh, you know, look at that. I mean, that's a good chunk of private money. It's like probably well over half right there. So, uh, you know, it's probably a good opportunity for the city to, you know, get something built not have to spend a whole lot of taxpayers' money.
3: Every time Saskatchewan gets in second and they've been bringing Glenn Souter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by-
0: time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran cfl football broadcaster glenn Souter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with rider nation
1: and welcome to press coverage for quality tire with nine locations in saskatchewan to serve you quality is where you'll find them glenn thanks for joining me here for a segment um Uh, just your thoughts on what you saw from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, albeit against the Winnipeg team that didn't dress a lot of regulars, so we're tempering our excitement. I did have Coach Dickinson on. I like the fact they cut down on their penalties from week to week.
7: Yeah, that
9: was that was a great takeaway for Saskatchewan for sure. I mean that's that's an issue they gotta work on all year and that they will continue to work on, I'm sure, and make sure that that doesn't cost them games. And, you know, you can make the argument that last year it did cost them games. And that just, that's a controllable aspect of the game. And that's, it's, it really hurts when you have something that you can control that costs you a football game and you've just made poor decisions. And so, yeah, I I thought that was a great takeaway. I thought the managing of Trevor Harris was excellent. I know he wants to play, but... You know, once he got in there, recognized the defenses the way he did, stepped up in the pocket on that scramble where he was going through his progressions, and then the pocket started to collapse a bit. He stepped up, found a little opening, and hit a seam route. I, I thought the the blitz pickup when he hit Darrell Walker down the sideline was excellent. Basically, he's seeing the game. No need to leave him in harm's way in a preseason game. They didn't even dress Zach uh, for the Bombers, so... Um, I know he wants to play, but I thought the, I just listened to your interview with Coach Dickinson. I thought it was great to hear on the sideline. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you all four quarters next week. I think yeah. that's hilarious.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great line. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, I, you, you touched on it. I touched on it with Coach. Uh, no disrespect to any other quarterbacks. I'm just talking about Trevor Harris, but you, you're, you're watching a guy. Uh, Who can help out an offensive line just with his IQ? Like the the, like I said, I was sitting with him on the bus and he showed me the clip that he got from his mom on the touchdown pass to Walker, and he said, you know, like uh, Milanovic always told me, I got to trust my feet. And you got he goes like, look, I looked here, I looked here, and then I went to Walker. He was my third look on the touchdown pass, and I just thought, and and then and then he stepped up in the pocket. You know what I mean? So I just love the fact that he he can help his offensive line out like that. That's a big component going into this year.
9: Yeah, yeah, confidence in that line to step up. You know, at, at times, if you don't have confidence in your line, you're going to keep falling backwards. And, and really that puts your, your tackles in a bind because now the defensive ends that are trying to get around the horn, uh, they have a straight line to the quarterback if he keeps retreating. So yeah, you know, I, I've, I've liked the timing there between O line receivers and quarterback. We've talked about this a couple of times, but I, I, I have liked the timing and you got to give some, some uh credit to Kelly Jeffrey there but uh, you know but here here's the other thing you know when when the team if the team had lost or when they have lost in the past in the preseason i have always said don't read too much mm-hmm. into it we haven't talked we haven't talked about this but here here's what happens in the preseason that is is uh usually you know not really talked about it's not very exotic okay so Offensively, teams are going to stay pretty vanilla. Uh, defensively, you, as a coach, you need to see whether or not your guys can win one-on-one battles. You need to see. The reason that some defensive coaches will blitz in the preseason is not to just sack the quarterback as quickly as they can so they can win. It's so they can run a blitz to see if their defensive backs can cover in zero coverage. Mm-hmm. So basically, they want to see if the DBs are going to back up and look like they're afraid in zero, or are they going to step up, be aggressive, and, and lock a guy down. That They're looking. They blitz for that reason only. So then they stay into real basic things because they want to see guys in one-on-one matchups. And they want to see them when you call a play that actually puts your, your players in a worse position to see how they handle that is another question yep. you need answered in preseason. So Michael, I, I I've said many times if the team has lost in different markets I've said don't don't read too much into it in the preseason. You also have to say that when they win.
1: Yeah. So Yeah,
9: Let's
1: let's see. Uh, I I do uh, think a big concern for the Rough Riders as it was last year. It wasn't the Canadians so much, and I say Canadians because that's generally your interior line. It wasn't the Canadians so much that gave them uh, problems. It was the tackles, and that's where I'm concerned because, for instance, they had penciled in uh, Gerald Hawkins to be their left tackle. Hadn't played in any of the preseason games, and it looks like for sure he won't be here in week one. Coach Dickens had told us that he's back dealing with personal and family matters in the States. So Uh, And O'Day had said, we don't know if and when he's going to be here. So if and when is interesting. Now, they got that Colin Kelly guy who will have to serve a two-game suspension, was in the XFL, but had a clause to get out of his deal. Uh, That is a very big question mark going into an Edmonton Elks game. And you know Chris Jones can throw a lot of exotic looks at an offensive line.
9: Yeah, yeah, they can. But, you know, a veteran quarterback. You know, I, I remember playing against Dunnigan when he was in his prime. And Matt, before in warm up, I'd walk over and talk to him and say hi almost always. And there's a couple things he used to say to me. One is that if, if you're, you're never wrong to go long, that was one of his sayings. And the reason he said that to me was so that I would take a half step backwards before every snap on second down, <laughs> because he hmm. he thought by planting, by planting that seed, I would think he's going to go long at some point. I got to I got to back up. Uh, that that was deliberate. But he also would say, bring it on when it comes to the blitz. He'd say, you know, if you and Bobby Jurison have something special planned here and you guys are going to get after me, bring it on. You know, and again, confident guy, no question. But a veteran quarterback wants you to blitz because it simplifies the game. You know, that played a Darrell Walker in the preseason. The Bombers didn't hide it. They just lined up on the line of scrimmage. They sent pressure. Walker saw it, and so did Trevor. Touched it or beat ball down the sideline. It's over. Um, you know that that's that's something that veteran quarterbacks want to see. Now, yeah, I mean, new O line. They got to work together. They got to slide the right way together. You know, an, an O line is kind of like a, a five links of a chain. If one link breaks and goes the wrong way. That's where your hole is, and you get your quarterback hit. But they're veteran guys. I like their depth up there, and they're better than last year. I think talent-wise, they're better than last year with their offseason acquisitions.
1: I agree, man. All right, we're going to let you go. We'll catch up with you uh, on Thursday, my friend, okay? Yeah, sounds good, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glenn Suter joining us for an installment of press coverage for our friends at Quality Tire. When we come back, we'll wrap the show up with Sean Kleisinger's interview with None other than the Vice President of Football Operations uh, and the General Manager, Jeremy O'Day. It's the Sports Cage and the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: This Day in Sports History brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, June 5th. 1977, the Portland Trail Blazers hold off the Philadelphia 76ers 109 107 to win the NBA championship in six games. Portland became the first team in the 31 year history of the league to win four straight after losing the first
0: two games. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM.
2: <laughs> oh, I'll just get it over with
1: already! Yeah. Alec Madoa gave up six runs and only got one out in the first inning. Jays trail used at six nothing. Sorry, I if just if he's not,
2: okay, if he's not sent da- if he's not sent down now if he's not sent down now I want Ross Atkins gone. Yeah. And I want Mark Shapiro to
1: You're Anyway, this is worse than Ricky Romero. Hey, the uh, Rough Riders. What a uh, way to end the day. uh, Held court. Jeremy O'Day, the uh, general manager and vice president of football operations, talked to the media. Our own Sean Kleisinger got a hold of him early. We'll get to that interview. Do you want to add in here that it looks like Gerald Hawkins will not be in the lineup, the left tackle they had uh, thought about, or... Banked on having there. He's still home with family and personal issues. Colin Kelly will uh, be uh, serving a two game suspension and had a clause in his XFL contract. He's a guy with uh, snaps, uh, you know, professionally with Hamilton and the XFL. So eventually he'll work into the lineup. But it looks like Hawkins won't play in week one for the Rough Riders. Other than that, here's Sean Kleisinger with uh, Jeremy O'Day. We will talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Ballsy. Pleased to be joined by Rough Runner's general manager Jeremy O'Day
2: on the Western Pizza Hotline. And well, uh, you must be excited, hey, Jeremy. Finally, game week here for real. Regular season is upon us.
3: Yeah, you know, anytime you get through the preseason, you're always you're always excited to get out of training camp and and get get rolling with the games that count. And um, certainly that is the case with us. We're we're excited to to get to the games where they really count.
2: Yeah, a lot of tough decisions, hard work, obviously, to get to this point. I just can't imagine what it's like being in your shoes this time of year. And I know Ryder fans would love to hear about some of the decisions made when it comes to the roster. I'll start with the quarterbacks. It was one of the closest battles during training camp, and, well, you have kept all four guys as a result. So what's the plan going forward for those guys and for the quarterback depth?
3: Yeah, just, um, you know, I think it became, I guess, the the clearest part of it became clear that they they all played well in the preseason. And so usually when you go into the the preseason, when you have those those kind of battles for positions, um, you know, someone kind of just kind of steps out front um, and kind of takes the lead out of that In, in this case. You know, all three of the guys just played really well when they got the opportunity to play. So um, it muddied, muddied the waters a little bit for us, which is fine. It's a it's a good problem to have. Um, and uh, basically, uh, we wanted, after having discussions with the coaching staff and the personnel staff, we, we determined that we were going to try to keep all four of them. So um, right now, that's where we're at with the four of those guys. As far as where they shake down on game day, that will be up to... Uh, to Coach Dickey and and Kelly, and um, you know they'll they'll try to put the the best guys out there that give us the best chance to win.
2: Yeah, so within those discussions, you know, assembling the roster and such, was there a clear cut number two quarterback that came out on top of the quarterback competition in training camp?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say that it became clear by any means. I think there's, um, when you look at how they did statistically in the, mm-hmm. in the preseason, they were, it was pretty, uh, pretty even for what they did. Like I said, they all got an opportunity to go in there and they moved the offense. They, um, got the guys in and out of the huddle and, and, uh, were productive on offense. So, um, I wouldn't say that it became any clearer, uh, with those conversations, but it's, uh, like I said, it's a nice problem to have and, Um, you know, whoever whoever we decide that's going to be uh, the number two and three going into the first week, um, I think we'll be in a good situation.
2: Question here about the running backs, Keenan LaFrance, BJ Emmons, uh, Rodney Smith, Javian Hawkins. I think I got them all, all released. A lot of fans who were predicting the roster might have had at least one of those guys on the roster, if not the practice roster. Was this a case of, you know, you just didn't see enough from those guys to keep them in the building or does it just speak to the confidence you have in Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson?
3: Um well you, you can't you can't go into a um you know a, a game with having three three running backs on the roster. I think even two is is not a normal thing when you have two Americans on the roster. So um with that being said, we we did um you know we did have some tough discussions at the running back position but but ultimately, we feel like we've got two really good american running backs that that were really good for us last year. I think they were um you know productive when they stayed healthy and obviously they need to do that and as as far as um the other guys that that were in training camp, they all did well as uh, they did great as well so it was a it was a tough tough position obviously we were pretty deep at those positions i think that um you know all three of those guys are capable of playing in our league and um but right now we feel comfortable with with just having the two um and how they kind of uh space themselves out from the rest of the group but um again we feel really good with the other guys as well um and maybe there's an opportunity down the road to bring somebody back
2: and maybe if you can Jeremy just expand on releasing veteran Keenan LaFrance
3: Yeah so last year we carried three three Canadian fullbacks and and Keenan on the roster and um with the, the makeup of our roster this year and the number of Canadians that we have on our roster, um, we decided that we're, we're not going to go with, with four fullbacks and, and, um, four fullback slash running backs, uh, for the Canadian position. So, um, really the discussion there, um, was, um, you know, how we felt about our draft pick, uh, Thomas Burdown, who, who, Don, who had a really good training camp for us. And, and ultimately we just decided to go, uh, A little bit younger at that position and uh, we're only uh, keeping three instead of four this year so um, very tough decision Uh, Keenan's been such a a great uh, teammate great player for us uh, for a number of years so those are those are tough ones to tough conversations to have and and tough situations to be in but um, you know we're happy that our that our draft pick did well, well enough in the camp for us to make that tough decision
2: yeah Rough Riders general manager Jeremy O'Day on the Western Pizza Hotline. And it's not every training camp we are treated to a punting battle. But, hey, in 2023, we had one It really heated up in Winnipeg. Adam Korzak he launched a few cannons in Vedvik's absence. Did Korzak make the roster based on his performance? Or did he just make the roster because of Vedvik's status might be a little up in the air right now for week one?
3: Um. Well, co- Corey actually had a, had a little bit of a slight uh, quad injury going into the game for Winnipeg. That's why he actually didn't didn't end up traveling with us. So uh, Corsack got the opportunity to punt in the game. I guess fortunately, but unfortunately, uh, I think we only punted twice in the game, and on those two punts, he did a nice job for us. So um, yeah, that's still de- to 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 be determined on how that's going to shake out moving forward. But we feel like we have two two guys that are very capable of playing well in the position.
2: Do you think this is a long-term thing with Corey Vedvik? Uh no, we don't. Okay. Uh how do you think uh Sean Bain Jr. did in training camp?
3: I thought he had a good camp. Um all those guys the the three free agent receivers that we brought in um played played well enough to uh to to stick around and obviously um they're they're going to be on the roster week 1, but um you know we felt like Sean had a good camp. He he brings a different element uh to the receiving core and uh, super fast and uh, like everyone on on the roster or, or in training camp, everyone has some things that they can work on. But overall, I thought Sean did have a nice camp.
2: Do you think there's a player on that receiving core that you maybe feel separated themselves in camp as, you know, the leader of the pack, if you will?
3: Um. Well, I mean, there's there's two 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 of the guys that you're talking about have been all stars in our league, and Sean's an up and comer coming receiver that uh, we think has a lot of upside. So I I don't know if exactly what you're asking. I think that um, you know, in uh, of the group, there's there's some really good receivers out there, and um, they just need to go out and play. And because we've changed the whole receiving core, I know there's a natural tendency for every one to think, well, who's the leader of the group? But the fact. You know, the fact is there's there's some guys that have played at a very high level that are that are capable of of being very good players. So um, I hope they they all do well, and we'll just we'll see how that goes as the year goes on.
2: Yeah, I guess I was just referring to you know in the past, Shaq Evans, Duke Williams, they were looked at as the quote unquote you know leaders, veterans in the league. Kind of wondering if any of the new guys
3: have kind of filled that void. Um, well, again, I think you know Jake Wieneke's played at a high level he's been an all-star in our league Drell walker uh has has been a i think a three or four time all-star in our mm-hmm. league so i i would say that those guys have have done what we've asked them to do in camp and they've they've had a good training camp and um every time they've had an opportunity to make the plays they made the plays so yeah. um again we 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 can't really uh, you know, I wish I had a crystal ball to tell you exactly which guy is going to have a great year, but we'll, we uh, we feel highly about all, all the receivers that we brought in and and we hope they have great years.
2: And hey, on the defensive side of the ball, Deontay Williams, defensive back, he had a great camp, placed on the practice roster. You know, if this was any other team, I think he would have made the roster. Just speaks to your depth at that position. Do you feel the same way? This guy was balling.
3: Um, You know, I, I wouldn't go on to Predicting where a guy mm-hmm. uh, in our camp would would be a starter on another team, I, I think that's maybe a little disrespectful for the other other teams not knowing uh, who their players are. But I think that um, you know, for for our training camp, he definitely had a a very good training camp, and and that's the reason why we we wanted to keep him. And I think he has a lot of upside and and. Uh, obviously played really well in the, in the preseason game. And, um, and to answer your question, yeah, we feel good about the the returning starters that back that are back. We feel like that they had good training camps. Um, um, but we feel like, um, Williams can play multiple positions and, and has an opportunity to be a good player in our league. So, uh, with him, he's just, it's just like a lot of guys in the practice roster. They're just waiting for an opportunity. Um, we're happy that he stayed with us and, and, uh, you know i guess he's it's he's in a situation where he's just waiting for that opportunity to get on the roster
2: was there any intrigue at all to keep williams on the main roster when you guys were going through things at the end there
3: um you're always going to have discussions on on where the guys fit and yeah. you know when we when we go into our our personnel meeting at the end with all the coaches and and uh positional coaches the head coach personnel guys um, basically, we we ask them who the starters are and who they see starting, and then we have conversations based off of that. So he's right there; he's very close to being on the roster. Again, yeah. it's just a matter of how we how we uh, set up the roster with our DI's going into week one.
2: And last one, Jeremy, a timetable for Derek Amoncrief. Do you have one yet for his return?
3: Uh, nope, Derek still uh, Derek still is uh, finishing up some tests. He's getting getting closer. We, we should have some more information in the next. Uh, one to two days on on his status as far as how, how his tests are going. He's He's been uh, rehabbing the whole offseason and doing a great job and, and continues to improve. It's just a, a matter of him getting to a point where he's able to go out and start practicing.
2: Riders General Manager Jeremy O'Day. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, Jeremy. Cannot wait for Sunday.
3: For sure. Yeah, appreciate the call. Today's Sports Cage
0: has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source 620 CKRM.